The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, a very pleasant Tuesday to you and yours. Clip Rock here inside the Pirate Radio studios on another edition of Pirate Radio Live here on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. A lot of great goodies on our YouTube page, including soon, if it's not already up, We'll have the fallout from Joe Dooley and the Pirate players after a victory today on Tuesday. Paint it purple. Not all victories uh, are created equal, as uh, this one was an ugly one for East Carolina, but we will certainly take it as the Pirates wrap up their regular season with a uh, 9-3 record. And we'll now look ahead to Wichita State coming up next Wednesday night in Minji's Coliseum. We will break down what happened earlier today in Minji's in just a moment. Uh, also, coming up on today's show, planning to hook up with Mike Maniscalco, the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. He'll join us in about 15 minutes. And I uh, had hooked up this conversation with Mike uh, before I knew that the NHL was going to take a hiatus. Uh, the NHL... I uh, will be on a break with all the COVID stuff going on beginning on Wednesday. And the Carolina Hurricanes have had their uh, issues with COVID, with injuries, been playing undermanned. I've had to grit out some wins. So we're going to uh, talk to Mike Maniscalco about everything that's taken place so far in the NHL season and also uh, looking ahead at, uh, at what's going to happen. But the NHL will take a pause on Wednesday um two days before it's planned christmas break so all facilities will be closed wednesday through saturday as the uh the teams and the league will try to weather a COVID outbreak so uh the schedule is set to resume on december 27th so that's the uh the word from the nhl we'll talk to mike maniscalco he'll get a little break from colin kane's games it appears and uh, we'll talk to him in just a little bit uh brian north will join us coming up at four o'clock we'll talk about the, the Panthers' issues, big picture and small picture, what does the rest of this year look like? And more importantly, what does the future look like for the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that. We'll talk uh, – we'll go 40 bowls in 14 days with Brian North and uh, talk some more uh, sports. What's going on in the world of sports right now with uh, COVID creeping back into the games that we love? Uh, we'll open up the treasure chest coming up in Hour 2 and Hour 3 of today's show so we'll open it up for the first time around 425 we'll do it again at around 525 so get your dialing finger ready for that we've got two prizes to give away today and then we'll have one final prize in the five o'clock hour tomorrow as believe it or not we have just about emptied out the treasure chest but still some great prizes left to go and we'll open up a couple today uh jeff nadu will talk to us one final time uh on this show, we might catch up with him before the Military Bowl next Monday, but we'll get his final bowl picks, uh, talk some college basketball, 
His Eagles taking on my football team tonight, so we'll uh, talk NFL and more with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, at around 440. Stephen Igo, Voice of the Colors, joins us at 5 o'clock as we'll talk uh, all things ECU. And once again, open the treasure chest in hour three. So that is the setup. I just saw that I uh, was about to get on our Facebook live feed to see what's going on there and saw that I had a Facebook memory from eight years ago. I was at PNC Arena watching the Pirates take on NC State eight years ago, which was a good game. Was it uh, TJ Warren maybe for NC State then that had a big game, I think, for the pack? Uh, Akeem Richmond for the Pirates got off to a uh, a good start in that game, hitting some threes. I remember it being a competitive game. Is that Raleigh. like the, uh, the Cat Barber days as well? Maybe so. Cat Barber! Lorenzo Brown. No, maybe not. I, I think T.J. Warren was the T. big score. T.J. Warren! Was the big score for NC State that day. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, let's get a box score from that game. So, uh, let's see. Was that... Uh, who else was on the East? Uh, Zingari? <laughs> Michael Zingari was on that team, I believe. Maybe got some action in that game. Akeem Richmond had 23 for the Pirates in the loss, uh, hitting five three-pointers. Uh, Caleb White had 14. God, Caleb White was here for such a long time. Yeah, because he like he played as a freshman, so he was uh, he was around here for a while. Prince Williams added 12. Paris Roberts Campbell with Paris 11. Paris Roberts Campbell. That's who I was trying to think of. It was the three uh, the three worded name. Uh, Paris Roberts Campbell. That's him. Antonio Robinson uh, had nine. Michael Zangari added six, and Brandon Stith with four off the bench. Huh. And yes, it was T.J. Warren with 32 points. And also, they kept running that dang lob play to Vanderberg, Vanderberg who had 18 points on uh, nine of ten shooting, because every I, shot he took was just his hands over the basket, putting yep, the ball in. I remember. So uh, yeah, they had Cat Barber. They had let's see, Ralston Turner. Ralston Turner added eleven in that game. So uh, yeah, that was eight years ago. Why not talk about the game that just happened? And that was East Carolina knocking off Southern Miss, and uh, it was a struggle for the Pirates today. Yeah. Uh, but they picked up a win. CJ, did you go to the game? Yeah, CJ was there. Um, if you'd like to add to this conversation, feel free. But today, um, the Pirates win at 68-67 over Southern Miss. They were up, what, 8-10 in the first half and then lost the lead and were down 5 uh, at the break to a, a bad Southern Miss team who have been road warriors, who have been you know struggling this year they got four wins coming into this game uh the the net rating and all that stuff you look at is 300 plus so this was a bad opponent that you needed to beat at home and east carolina kind of slept walked their way to a one point victory were able to come back in the second half and pick up a win they were down as much as i think eight there in the second half and were able to uh get enough stops and enough buckets to win and tristan newton led the way in watching the game i didn't realize he had this many points he had 22 points today a lot of those coming from the free throw line 10 of 11 from the stripe brandon suggs rough first half uh but ended up with 11 points for east carolina today and uh, had three rebounds four turnovers I'm a Brandon Suggs guy. He likes to turn it over a little bit. He had that one play, man, that really made me scratch my head. And we've seen these type of turnovers from the Pirates 
this year where it's just kind of lackadaisical, yeah. like very careless turnovers and mistakes where he got a rebound and then tossed it to who he thought was going to be um, J.J. Miles, and J.J. was not paying attention. He was attention. running down the court. Yeah, and you know the ball just kind of slowly goes out of bounds. Like Going into conference play, those types of mistakes, and there's going to be mistakes, but those type of, types of mistakes cannot happen for the Pirates. Unforced errors. Can't have them. 15.7 rebounds for Vance Jackson today. He hit a couple from beyond the arc, but East Carolina really struggled from three today, just four of 16 uh cj what did you see from Minji's coliseum today that stood out to you so i saw a lot of lulls um especially i'd say like last eight to ten minutes of the first half first eight to ten minutes of the second half there were a lot of lulls that's where some of those turnovers that chandler um talked about right there that's where a lot of those turnovers came um the ball movement was bad uh a lot of people were trying to play hero ball to catch back up to a southern miss team that really we shouldn't have been down to at all in this game and probably should have handled them uh, a lot quicker than we did. We didn't really handle them at all, per se. Um, and Tristan Newton actually said this in the post game con- er, presser too. He said there it went a lot through him. Uh, he held onto the ball a lot. He should have been you know looking for his open teammates, forced up a lot of shots. And when you started doing that, you saw uh, ECU try to creep back in the game. Um, started to clamp up a little bit defensively to close out the game. Southern Miss shot the ball from three really well. And uh, to close out the game, there was a lot better perimeter defense. And you saw that reflect on the uh, end-of-game shooting numbers, which didn't look nearly as well from three as, let's say, before like the under-eight timeout in the second half. So ECU's defensive game stepped up, uh, their ball movement stepped up, and ultimately that's the reason we aren't a little more somber coming into this show. Didn't uh, did Dooley say something post game, something like the ball got stuck or something like that, referring to the lack of ball movement? Yes. I guess something like yeah, yeah. I saw that term uh, written out. I hadn't heard the post game yet. Uh, hopefully, we'll have that for you at some point during today's program. But uh, I guess it's good that we're so like blase after a win. <laughs> it doesn't feel great. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great. These are. <laughs> At the end of the day, a win is a win, and and there's a look. There's upsets every day. Right, right. We're still going into conference play. You know, um, was it nine and three? Right? Nine and three. And so, East Carolina has not been picked off. They have not been upset this year. Right, right. Every game they've lost, they've been underdogs. There's been some struggles, but on the flip side, you look at the uh, Liberty game and the Davidson game where you held leads and you did blow the leads, but you proved that you could hang around in those kind of games with teams that are better than you um, on paper. And same with Oklahoma. And let's say go into conference play. Let's say you split the games, go nine and nine. Now you're eighteen and twelve, and possibly looking at that is a it's it's an it's an overstatement, possibly. I mean, yeah, I mean that that would I'll take that right now. That, that's what you. I'm well. The point I'm trying to make is that which that's what you have to do if you want to play some postseason basketball. That's probably the minimum you have to do. Yeah. I <laughs> Will we do it? I don't know, but nah, it, yeah. it's nice to be an optimist. No, it is. I like your, and I, I realize you're young and you have not been through as many basketball seasons as I have. Right. I have to hear it secondhand. So, so keep your positivity, CJ, for as long as you can before you become an old, bitter man. That's my advice to you today. Chandler, how are you doing in that regard, being around Pirate Radio and me all the time? 
Uh, you've probably become a lot more negative over your years here at Pirate Radio, haven't you? Yeah, I was dismissed from the Thanksgiving table because I was so negative. This year? Yep. <laughs> Wait. No, that's haven't... not true. That's not true. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great story. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of always have been kind of negative, a negative thinker. Um, you are just you more what... of a negative, like, you actually are negative verbally like you talk about the negative things i don't try to talk about sometimes i do like you've watched football with me like or like a watch along or anything like that i'm like yeah something great happens and then i'm like oh well you watch us throw a pick six here or I'll you know tell you this what, and that. there was only one negative nancy sitting at this table watching the game today and that was you and where did that come from and you really came after brandon suggs hard today and i did not appreciate it he made some bad mistakes today man and i'm not going to put up with it what does that mean (laughs) are you writing an email to Dooley to try to kick him off the team this is from the helm by the way from chandler honeycutt no more turnovers (laughs) no more stupid turnovers from the pirates this year i always see like and i mean i get it but when like people on a message board or social media Say this is unacceptable. Like, what does that mean? You're not going to accept it. Like, what? what so, what does that mean? But see, you... here's the thing: those people are joking. I'm, jo- or those people are being serious. I'm joking. All right, but you you went too hard today, and I was getting a little frustrated. You owe me and Brandon Suggs, mostly me. I don't, I don't an, owe apology. You an apology. You do for what? For how you were talking today to the TV and to a basketball game. Yes. To you? Yes. Why? Uh, because it was too harsh okay it was unacceptable and i'm not going to accept it you know what <laughs> i'm not accepting that you know what i apologize you know what i accept your apology awesome that's how it's done all right let's uh get a break in we'll come back we got a lot to do on this program we'll try to hook up with mike maniscalco and talk some hurricanes hockey when we return we'll get more into ecu basketball uh later on in our program and uh, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you on a dark gray Tuesday after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CompuPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire, rather, to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. We're with you on Wednesday, and then we'll have some best-up shows Thursday, Friday. We'll be back with you live Monday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, 10.30 a.m., taking you up to the 2.30 kickoff. East Carolina taking on B.C., Boston College in the Military Bowl. Looking forward to that. 
Uh, we will not be uh, seeing a lot of Canes hockey for a little while because the NHL is uh, going on a pause, and we'll talk about that with Mike Maniscalco, uh, who is the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. You watch him and Trip Tracy during all the Canes games. He joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Mike, thanks so much for your time. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Clip. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. And, Mike, when I, I set this up, I thought we'd be talking about some more Canes games this week, but uh, the NHL uh, will put a pause on the season coming up on Wednesday. I do believe, Mike, is there one scheduled game tonight? Is it Tampa and Vegas? Are they going to play that game tonight? They're going to try to get that game in tonight, and then uh, we will get to the holiday break much earlier than we had anticipated, Clip, just because of uh, what's been going on in the world. But, yeah, one more game, and then the NHL has uh, put everything on shutdown. So they moved things up a day. They were supposed to be completely done until the 26th. Now you can return to practice at 2 o'clock on the 26th, which is Sunday, the day after Christmas Day. So the Canes are scheduled to play the Panthers on Monday the 27th. And is that, uh, you know, if everything goes right, Mike, is that when we're expecting the next game to be for Carolina? As far as I know, <laughs> different. Yeah, Gary and Gary Bettman and Bill Daly haven't called me to let me know the, the full plan, but <laughs> yeah, that's what we're that's what we're expecting to have the uh, the Florida Panthers in town, and uh, hockey will hopefully uh, pick back up because a lot of players will be out of the COVID protocol who are in it right now. Clip uh, when we get to that date. Hopefully, knock on wood, fingers crossed, and, and everything that you need to do to make sure that that happens. Uh, we got uh, NFL still week 15 going on tonight, Mike. My uh, Washington football team taking on Philadelphia. They've got tons of COVID issues uh, up there in Washington. And, the, you know, every a lot of teams have been dealing with this. And the Carolina Hurricanes are one of those teams. They have, they've had to kind of gut together some wins here, Mike, right? Undermanned here in the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, they were down six regular players uh, for about four games, depending on how you want to look at uh, when the COVID protocol took effect. And uh, when you say regular players, we're talking about Sebastian Ajo and Andre Svechnikov, their two top scorers when it comes to what they do on the forward ranks. Jordan Stahl, their best defensive forward, their captain, and a uh, guy who does so much more than what just shows up on the score sheet. Seth Jarvis, who's been an outstanding rookie for this team, he's been on the COVID protocol list. So, uh, you know, the Canes have missed a lot of those players. Ian Cole, who's an excellent defenseman, and, and Stephen Lawrence, who's a really good energy guy for this team. So they played without them, and they dipped down to the minors. One, they called up Jack Drury, who's a, a rookie, and all he's done is score a goal in his first two NHL <laughs> games, so he's been outstanding. But, uh, you know, the difference between this Hurricanes team this year and years past when before, you know, we can't say dealing with this situation because we it feels like we've dealt like, you know, with, with COVID protocols forever. Uh, but really, it's only been about uh, two seasons, you know, one half season. It, it, you know, put a little bit of a breaks on the season before, before we went into the bubble and, and now this year. But whenever the Canes would have to dip down into the minors for players, uh, it, it, were, it was guys that you were hoping could play NHL minutes. And now we're talking about guys like Josh Lavo, Stefan Nason. Uh, these are guys who have NHL experience. Uh, Jalen Chatfield on the blue line, NHL experience. Brendan Smith, who they signed to be. Uh, they're six, seven defensemen this year. He, I mean, he's basically been a regular for the Kings this year with what's happened on the blue line, either through injury or through players having to deal with COVID protocol. But uh, the depth of this organization is the best it's ever been. And it's one through 12 in the forwards at the NHL level. 
one through six for the defensemen, but it dips down to Chicago as well, where their AHL affiliate is. And when they have to tap a guy to come up and play, uh, you're not bringing in a guy who's just a body so you can have numbers. You're bringing in a guy who can actually play at the NHL level, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think you you just answered my, my next question. The, the Canes went through that three-game losing streak, but since then have won six of seven, and a lot of those undermanned like we talked about. So I was going to ask you, Mike, is it – how, what percentage of it is it like Brendamore guts gritty, you know, grinding out a win, and and what percentage of that is the Canes being more talented than their opponent despite, uh, you know, being undermanned so to speak. So so what is the the pie chart look like uh, on that, Mike? For me, it's a hundred percent Rod Brendamore. <laughs> and, and if you ask Rod Brendamore, he'd tell you it's a hundred percent that the team right. is more talented, and uh, they have that. So uh, let's split the difference right now and go fifty fifty. We've got to give, and I don't think uh, he doesn't take enough credit for what he does, but we can never give enough credit for what Rod Brindamore has meant to this team, for the culture that he has established, the work ethic, the way that it needs to be done right. Uh, but then you look at the job that Don Waddell has done as the general manager, Tom Dundon. Uh, this is a cap team, meaning they spend up to the salary cap to put the best product that they possibly can on the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes. But then it goes underneath them. It goes to Darren York, the assistant general manager, Eric Tulski, an assistant general manager, where they find the right players, identify players that can fit this team, fit the systems that they want to play. And then it comes to the players themselves, where they hold each other to such a high standard. And uh, that's been a big thing. And, you know, it, it's funny, Cliff, that you mentioned, you know, the losing streak. And unless you're playing, you know, college football, which is 12 games, or the NFL, which is 16, you know, you can't have a four-game losing streak. That's the end of the world. But for for me, it's always been for baseball, for basketball, for hockey, anything that's playing, you know, 82 games, 100-plus games, you're going to lose a game in yeah. the course of a season. And, and you know, I, this might be breaking news. I don't know <laughs> if you've got a news sounder for it, but these are for fans everywhere. Even the best teams, the teams that win everything, will go on a losing streak at some point in time in the year of more than one game. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're terrible and you should fire the coach or, or rearrange everything. But it's the funny thing, and I can say this because we're on the other side of it, when the Canes went 1-4-1 and during that stretch and everybody was wondering what was going on, what was wrong with them, Cliff, I'm telling you, they played great hockey. They just didn't get a bounce. Oh, yeah. you know? I can tell you that they ran into hot goaltenders, and, and that's somewhat true. You know, James Reimer was very good against the Canes in San Jose, and Philip Grubauer was uh, outstanding for the Seattle Kraken in those games at the end of that first West Coast swing that the Canes had. Uh, and then, you know, you run into the, the Capitals, who are a really good team, and, you know, you get a couple of calls go against you. That happens. But during the course of the season, you're going to get calls that go your way. You're going to have the hot goaltender. Um, so it, it's really funny for me to say that. The Canes actually played better in a couple of their losses on that streak than they have in a couple of their wins that they're on right now. Uh, and That's, yeah. We'll tell you that, and the coach will tell you that. Uh, hockey is a, is a fickle game. Uh, when it comes to those things. But this is a team that, right now, the the way that they play, it's the talent, but it's the coaching. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're on to the – It's <laughs> I, I hate to do it because I know that nobody's a, a huge fan of Bill Belichick unless you're a Patriots fan, but they truly have adopted the, the motto of, it's great that we won that game or – all right, we lost that game, and then, you know we didn't want to do that, but we're on to the next game. And if you talk to this team, it is the next man up mentality, and their focus isn't on a month from now or even on the playoffs. It's when they get back to the ice playing the Florida Panthers. That's, that's what this team is now built around. 
doing the job at hand as it comes up in the order it's supposed to. And it has worked out. Right now, the Carolina Hurricanes tied for the most points in the NHL. We talked to uh, Wade Minter. We have him on the show from time to time, Mike, and uh, Wade, the PA announcer there at PNC Arena. He was on a couple weeks ago, and at that point in the standings, you know, the Canes were playing well, but they were looking up at, in the Eastern Conference, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, I think Washington, New York, and it, it just shows how stacked the Eastern Conference is and how stacked the Metropolitan is with Washington, New York, uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, you're talking about some really good teams around you. And with all the ebbs and flows in, in hockey that you just spoke on, that, you know, the Canes probably won't be at the top the entire season. It's going to ebb and flow. But, uh, but man, the, you look at the Eastern Conference compared to the Western Conference, it looks like uh, the studs are, are in the East this year. Yeah, and that's... That's cyclical, isn't it? Don't we see that all the time in sports? Yeah. Oh, you know, I remember growing up, the, N- the NFC dominated the AFC uh, in football, and then you know all of a sudden the, it, it turns a little bit because you know you can't stay on top forever because all of a sudden the talent starts going to the other other conference or another division. Uh, that's kind of what happened here. Uh, you've got, you know, I guess, the old guard. Uh, that's what we got to call them when we're talking about Washington and Pittsburgh, just because of how they're built and who they're led by with. Ovechkin and Oshie and Carlson in, in Washington and then Pittsburgh. As long as you've got Sidney Crosby, it feels like you've got a chance. And I know that people are, are tired of those names, but they're good because those guys are good. They'll, they'll keep their teams in it. But, you know, that's how the Canes have gotten here. That's how the Rangers have gotten here. I, I honestly am surprised at how good the Rangers have been this year. But, you know, they bring in Gerard Gallant to, to coach this team. We've seen that he does a great job with teams, especially his first year. Remember, this is the coach who took the, the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup final in, in their first season. You know, that doesn't happen. You don't have uh, any kind of expansion franchise, even dream of making the playoffs. He took them to the Stanley Cup final that first year. So he has a, a positive impact. Uh, you run down the list of, of what's going on. You know, Toronto was terrible forever. You know, and that's how they got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander. And, and you know, Jack Campbell's been very good in the Nets for them. So they've been able to to find their way. Florida was the same way. You know, they, they built all this talent. Well, now it's finally all come together for them. And, you know, Tampa, once they figured out how to, to unlock the door in the playoffs and win everything, they've been good forever, but they still have that same core. But they've been able to identify pieces to come up. And, you know, the funny thing is I like to, to borrow off of that Tampa Bay Lightning model. The more I watch what Tampa is, it's the Carolina Hurricanes are on that same path of what the Lightning were you know, a few years ago before they kicked down the door and won their cup where they built around some young players and they get uh, players high in the draft to come in and and become difference makers for them. So that's where the Canes are right now. The Eastern Conference is definitely where it's at. Uh, I I know people love Colorado and Vegas. Colorado's trying, you know, right now to find themselves. And with the break, maybe that's a good thing for for the Avalanche, the way that this season's gone. But I'd be very surprised if the Stanley Cup champion uh, is not a team from the Eastern Conference. And, And that's not saying that the West doesn't have good teams. I just think that the East, it's, you know, metal uh, forges or iron, you know, sharpens iron. Yeah. And that's what we're that's what we're seeing right now in the Eastern Conference. And, Mike, it's also – it's great not to play the Lightning and the Panthers, like, every <laughs> every game, too, right? Like, it's great to see some new teams for you this year, I would imagine. Well, you know what, though? I, I, I'll be selfish. It, it kind of got easy because by game four, I knew everybody. Yeah, you true. To, you don't have to keep looking <laughs> At the uh, at the record book, yeah, uh, what's going on this year? But uh, at the same time, you know, 
Canes were in that division last year, and they were better than Tampa and better than Florida in the regular season. You know, they've got a Central Division banner hanging at TNT Arena because of that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's I'll be very honest with you, Cliff. It's, for me, it's good to get back to that sense of normal of seeing the other teams playing teams out west, being able to get on the road. Hopefully, uh, we get through what we're going through right now, um, and, and this is the only pause that we'll have. And you know, we heard today that the Olympics are done, uh, yeah. at least as far as the NHL players are involved. So uh, I, I don't have – this is no inside information, but I would expect that some of the games that have been missed uh, right now will we'll find a way to be made up in, in February one way or another uh, from the NHL or, or moving some things around to get that done. But um, honestly, it, it's just been good to see other teams, and, and I think it makes a difference because it, it does get exciting. You know, I – uh, the fans were great last year when they finally got the chance to come back into the buildings. But, you know, yeah, seeing Columbus seven times, it does, you know, eight times, it, it, it gets a touch old after, you know, game six. I, I, I get that. But uh, it's, it's good for things to get back to normal. And, you know, especially for me to get an opportunity to see players like uh, Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl in person and to see how well the Canes played against them yeah. in Edmonton a few nights ago. That's good stuff. Mike Maniscalco joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Mike, uh, one more hockey question and then some nonsense, and then we'll let you run here on a Tuesday. Uh, it it seems nonsense, but I am the hockey question clip, so you know. <laughs> uh, the, it seems like, and as a fringe Canes observer like myself, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm a fan, not a not a diehard, but hopefully Trip Tracy would call me a Caniac. Uh, but it seems like the goaltender topic comes up every offseason and you know, Morazic and Reimer, and then you think you got something with Ned, and then he splits, and then Anderson comes in, and, and he's been great. In fact, uh, has he been better than expected? How about the goaltending uh, this season so far, Mike? Absolutely, Clip. And, you know, goaltending for me, to, to bring this to folks who are not huge hockey fans, there are certain positions you got to have, and if you don't have it, it's really hard to win without it. In football, it's quarterback play. You know, you, you don't have to you don't have to be Tom Brady or Joe Montana, but you you've got to have a quarterback who can make plays when you need them. And in baseball, you got to have pitching. You have to have it. And in hockey, you have to have goaltending. And look, Peter Morazic, James Reimer, before James Reimer, Curtis McElhaney, and then last season, Alex Nedeljkovic, they gave the Canes good goaltending, really good goaltending, good enough to win divisions, good enough to win playoff rounds. But when you play a team like Tampa and they have Andre Vasilevsky, he's good enough to win the whole thing. It's, you know, the, the best way I could equate it right now is if Joe Burrow, you know, gets Cincinnati into the playoffs, he's going to go up against Patrick Mahomes. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow's really good right now, but is he good enough to beat Patrick Mahomes if it comes down to that? Uh, and, and how is that for an analogy off of the top of my head? Oh, I can. <laughs> at, at the same time, you bring in Frederick Anderson, he was a guy, playing in Toronto is tough. Um, it, it's like playing in New York or Boston mm. here in the States. And if you're playing goaltender in Toronto, uh, I, I I don't want to eat up all of your time here, Clip, but when you're in your post-game pes- press conference in Toronto, if you win a game 3-2, to two, the questions aren't about the save that you made in winning the game. The questions you get are, why did you let that one in? What <laughs> happened on this goal? Right. And, you know, that can that can wear guys out. I'm not saying that happened to Frederick Anderson because the most unbelievable thing about him, if you watch him, even as a, a fringe fan, it could be a one nothing game and he could face 50 shots 
and he'll look the exact same way if the Canes are winning 6 nothing and he's faced eight shots. He is the exact same way, and he is. I, you know, I kind of watched him from afar in his career when he played for Anaheim, and then when he was playing for Toronto. And you're like, oh, he's he's really good, but you know, you you kind of only pick up you know narratives or stories that come out there. Me getting to watch him this year, he's incredible. I mean, he's an elite goaltender. And then Auntie Ront is backup. The Canes' moves for goaltending this offseason. I understand why the the fan base had the questions that they had because of how good Peter Morazic was here. And finally, a young goaltender who the Canes drafted. It, mm-hmm. He's here in Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah. It goes the way it goes where Alex uh, is traded to Detroit. I understand all of those things. But um, for me, what it, it really does boil down to is Anderson and Ronta were those moves for this team looking at, we're playing Tampa Bay, and they've got Andre Vasilevsky at the other end of the rink. And that's not saying one day, that Alex Nedeljkovic couldn't stare down that guy or even be that guy. But the Canes are looking at the group that they have right now, and they identified Frederick Anderson as being the guy who can get them there. And he has been, if you were voting for the best goaltender in the NHL today, if he doesn't win that for what he's meant for this team right now, he should be, I don't know how many guys you put in front of him, but mm. the, the list should be more than one name right now. He's been absolutely fantastic for them. Great insight from Mike Meniscalco today on Pirate Radio Live. Mike, as a radio veteran like yourself, you understand uh, time fillers and bits and segments. And during the bowl season, this is what we do here on Pirate Radio Live. We pick every single bowl game with our guests. It's called 40 Bowls in 14 Days. And Mike Maniscalco going to be our special guest here. Shirley Rhodes, hit the music for us. 40 Bowls in 14 Days, 14 Days, 14 Days. 40 bowls in 14 days, oh my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. Rock! 40 bowls! 14 days! 40 bowls, 14 days, 40 bowls, 14 days, 40 bowls, 14 days. All right, Mike Maniscalco, your bowl game is December 31st, 11 a.m. on ESPN. So that'll be a Friday, 11 a.m., at TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville, Florida. And Mike, you might be familiar with uh, one of these teams, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons uh, coming in at 10 and 3, taking on the Texas A&M Aggies 8 and 4 on the year. Mike, Wake Forest versus Texas A&M, who you got in this one? All right. So, uh, the funny thing all year long, people were asking me, you know, what do you think about this college game or this college game? And I kept telling everybody, the only thing I know about college football this year is Alabama is really good. Uh, and then they went, then they went and lost to Texas A&M, but then Texas A&M lost four other games. Uh, and you know, who knows where Jimbo Fisher is looking to coach next for Texas A&M. Huh. I love Dave Clawson. I love what he's done at Wake Forest. I so want to pick the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and do the homer pick. But I know that I'm also listening to people who would be tweeting at me who are on pirate radio, and they don't mind when the ACC loses. <laughs> I, could, I could go against Wake Forest in this one. Um, but, you know, for me, this always comes down to which team wants to be in that bowl game. Right. 
And I think Wake Forest wants to be there a little bit more than Texas A&M. So give me the Clawfence and the Demon Deacons to prevail in a shootout against Texas A&M. Wake Forest loves playing shootouts. Also, how about a, a Sam Hartman bounce back after the ACC championship in this game, Mike? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why. Like, we, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, they're not going to any of the big bowl games. They're sitting there going, oh, well, what do we do now? You know, this for Wake Forest. They want to get that ACC championship taste out of their mouth, and, and this will give them the opportunity to do it. So, give me, give me that. Give me what right. I said. Bounce back game for everybody. Wake Forest wins it um, for entertainment purposes only. I like whatever the over is. <laughs> what it is, but let's just go with that. Mike, you put way more thought into that than usually our guest pickers do, so I appreciate that. Uh, really, uh, really enjoyed the chat today, Mike. Enjoy your uh, your layoff. Hopefully, you have some. Some good holiday Christmas time with your family coming up before you get back to calling games. Uh, I will have a little bit of that. Uh, the same to you and yours, Clip, and uh, everybody there at Pirate Radio. Always appreciate you having me on. And I told you I'm much better at nonsense, so I'm, I'm here for you. You nailed it. Nailed the nonsense, and you were pretty good at the other stuff, too. Mike, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again, hopefully in 2022, man. I uh, really appreciate it. You got it. I'll talk to you later. All right, there he is. Mike Maniscalco. Awesome stuff there with mike today is uh the nhl going on a pause but uh the canes scheduled to be back at it next monday and boy they have been awesome this year tied with the capitals for the most points in the nhl in this 2021-22 season all right let's take a break we'll come back more to go in hour number one more ecu basketball we'll look at what else is going on on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard we got two nfl games tonight And the Washington football team has named their starting quarterback. And for those of you compiling the list of Washington starters since 2000, get ready to add a new name to the list. I'll tell you who it is as I cry into my Pepsi after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. East Carolina a winner today. 68-67 over Southern Miss. I think the women's team plays at 4-3. Oh, they're playing right now. They're playing right now. They are up 23-18. They uh, got their first road win of the season last game against uncw yeah tania thompson went off she uh basically dominated from start to finish finished with 31 points in the game so they got that uh, elusive first road win now they've got to uh defend home and we will keep you up to date on that score right now pittsburgh beating jacksonville 61 to 46 with 129 left to go in that one anybody know the uh who knows the mascot for jacksonville no Sharks. Wow, you're close. Dolphins. Correct. 
the Jacksonville Dolphins. Fins up, baby. All right. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> Coming out from uh, Adam Schefter and others in the breaking news business. Um, the Washington football team will start the best player in all of America in 2008 at quarterback tonight. What? The 2008 Gatorade National Football Player of the Year, first Texas player to ever win that honor. He was the greatest football player in the entire United States, which probably means the entire world and galaxy. Because who's better at American football than Americans? Americans, yeah. I would say there wasn't a better Canadian, Mexican, Brazilian. Martian. Martian, thank you, CJ. The best player in the world in 2008 is starting at quarterback tonight for Washington. That, of course, is Garrett Gilbert, a.k.a. What's Eating Garrett Gilbert, a.k.a. As Shirley said... Starting for Washington tonight, Gilbert Godfrey. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! <laughs> Where in the world is Terry McLaurin? That is really good. That's really good. Well done. Um, that is breaking news from Adam Schefter. Now, Chandler, you were offended during the break. I, I apologize, and I don't know why I got so worked up. I just I thought that this was already a thing. I thought that Garrett Gilbert was the guy for the football team tonight going into the day. There was a chance. When the sun rose this morning. Did the sun rose? No, because it was overcast today. The sun didn't come up today. There was no sun today. Sun. Sun. (laughs) (laughs) That's supposed to be funny. Uh, No, I guess there was a chance that Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke could attest it out of the COVID crap, but because Matt Ioannidis, I believe, did the defensive line. No, it was Tim Settle. So Washington's going to have a lot of their D-line tonight, which is pretty good, taking on a team with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders and others uh, running the football. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be down at quarterback, and I still feel like it, it was plus eight last time I looked. They probably knew – Heineke and Allen were out, so I don't know if that line's... It might keep going up. I just got a weird feeling, man. Let's get to know Garrett Gilbert. I was going to see if he played against the Pirates. He was with SMU in 12 and 13. It appears he did not play against East Carolina. He was a six-round pick out of uh, SMU in 2014. He was picked 214th overall. He started his college career at Texas from 2009 to 2011 and then ended his career with the Mustangs from 2012 to 2013. Some career highlights and awards for Garrett Gilbert. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is the AAF passing yard leader. Who was that with? In the Patriots? Let's see. He was with the Patriots in 2014 and 15. There is an asterisk beside that, so that must mean that he was on the practice squad. Um, so I don't even know if that counts. Uh, let's see. He played for the St. Louis Rams his first year, New England Patriots, the Detroit Lions, Oakland Raiders, the Carolina Panthers, Orlando Apollos, Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, and tonight he'll be starting for the Washington football team. So he was the passing yards leader in the AAF in 2019 and uh, also had the passer rating 
uh, was uh, the leader in the passer rating in the AAF as well. He was Mr. Texas football in 2008. He was the best player in the world in 2008. And USA Today High School All-American in 2008. He has thrown one touchdown and one interception in his NFL career. 283 yards total passing. 52.2% completion percentage. 74 passer rating. (laughs) That is Garrett Gilbert. Double G. We are reading the same Wikipedia page um he has a lot of smu records look tonight he's gonna have to do what uh nick mullins did yesterday and just try to manufacture a game of course the raiders winning that at the end zay jones coming up huge for the raiders as uh Derek carr continues to do the play where he closes his eyes and throws it 70 yards to zay jones and hopes for a flag works every time uh well not exactly but it does work part of the time but zay jones had some big catches down the stretch for the raiders last night in their win and then in the nightcap oh my god the bears it's worse than i thought that the vikings were terrible last night and did you see the that bears inter- made them look good controlled the entire pick? game did you see that pick that uh kirk cousins threw? you wonder if he liked that Primetime Cousins was in full effect last night Ugh. because Kirk Cousins finished the game. You caught it on Friday. 12 of 24, 87 yards, 87 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 87 yards passing? 87 yards passing. Good gracious. You warned us on Friday. You said, you want to take primetime Kirk? Go for Go it. Go for it. And guess what? They The Vikings, the Bears scored on the last play of the game – it should have been a double-digit win, and the Vikings stunk last night. That's how bad the Bears were. It was pitiful. Uh, so they are in a uh, – that is a complete mess over there in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, Gilbert Great starting tonight for Washington. The other game, Rams and Seahawks. Um, just saw a stat that I wanted to consider, but now I can't find it, so – talk about it in a moment stat to possibly consider yeah don't consider it yet we'll uh we'll try to find it it had to do with washington quarterbacks so it was not a fun stat but this is where we are right now um oh here it is kirk cousins has been gone for four seasons washington has had four different quarterback start games in three of those seasons so washington uh Playing the the quarterback roulette once again. Washington is plus nine, by the way. I don't know if that will move you know after what? this announcement. Let it keep on going up because Ron Rivera's got a, a hidden weapon, and that is boring football. A lot of punts tonight. He's They're going to keep it close somehow. I don't know how. That's Ron Rivera football. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Well, are they going to have enough coaching staff on the sidelines? Because there's like seven of them that are out because of COVID protocols. The line has moved to nine and a half. It's going to keep keep moving it up. For Money me. line for the Washington football team is plus three thirty five. Keep moving on up to the east side. All right, oh. Charlie. Let's see, Washington. Uh, <laughs> uh, Washington is without their defensive line coach. Their wide receivers coach, their running backs coach, their defensive backs coach, their assistant defensive back Nichols coach, their defensive quality control coach, 
their defensive coaching intern <laughs> their intern is out so they're down all those guys it just makes me love them even more i love the football team plus the points tonight this could be this could be my i've never been more confident in a pick in my life <laughs> than the Washington football team with Garrett Gilbert. This is easy money. I mean... This is the Super Bowl champion we're talking about. Don't take it right now. You take it because it's going to keep moving up. All the suckers are going to pile on Philly. Wait a minute. I thought (laughs) I was starting. And you're going to have Gilbert Gottfried out there firing lasers. I kind of wish Gilbert Gottfried would have like a play-by-play gig. That would get annoying. Yeah very fast very very fast all right uh pit a winner they knock off jacksonville so uh you got some games going on all those scores uh presented by the buccaneer music hall dub buck dub buck i have one more to add the hornets come back last night came up short they lost to the jazz i'm ready for them to go on a break to 102 yeah i know and it's kind of getting we just need some we need some interior presence other than Mason Plumley. Okay, we're not going to get that. Although it is uh, Christmas time, maybe some presence of the interior variety will show up under the tree mm. for the Charlotte Hornets. You, you hear me? You feel me? Well, that's not good because that smell means me? they're about three inches short. What's that mean? If they're under the tree, they're laying down flat. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be so weird to walk in. Oh my God! It's Miles Turner. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift that would be this time of year though <laughs> who is this guy under my tree if miles turner <laughs> oh by the way earlier on uh, facebook live josh says uh to tell chandler honeycutt his negativity is unacceptable i saw that comment unacceptable we you wanna... know what is acceptable i have a trivia question for you i love trivia questions who leads the nba in three-point percentage what player what player I'm guessing it's a Hornet. I'm going to say it's Kelly Oubre. Cody Martin. Oh. Comeback player of the year? Uh, Maybe. I thought, nah. Comeback player of the year? Like, yeah. Like, he's, wasn't that, I mean, breakthrough player of the year? What do you want to call it? Most improved. Most improved. Is what I was looking for. Not comeback. Hey, we got a bowl game on. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that next hour. As it is Kent State versus Wyoming. This is uh, what it's all about, folks, on a Tuesday afternoon. What bowl is that? Is that the potato bowl? Uh, I don't know if it's famous or not. I'll, uh, is it I'll, famous or infamous? I'll have to look through my, my bowl chart here. Shirley, take us to break. We'll come back. And when we do, we'll talk to Brian North. He will join us on the Pirate Radio Live line. This is the Chandler, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which Brian North picked last week. Kent State, Brian North will make another selection when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway and Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barack. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Wyoming, Kent State, tied at 7. 3.53 left to go in the first quarter. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Hey, you're not Chandler. You're CJ. Dubuck. Thanks, Shirley. No? Okay, we're good. I muted my mic while I was going to say it. No, I can't. Sorry. Yeah, the moment has passed. Too late. You got to be quick on the draw, dude. Yep. You got to be ready to rule. All right. Uh, when we wrap up this interview with Brian North, we're going to open up the treasure chest. So stay tuned for that, folks. Uh, before we get there, though, we will head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to Brian North, WCTI 12. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live North. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, getting ready for Christmas. Got the three-year-old, so this is the the Christmas magic is returned to people's lives when you get a three-year-old experiencing it for the first time. Absolutely, so pretty pretty hype at the North household for Santa Claus to be showing up Friday night. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it a, a merry girly Christmas for you, Brian? A lot of baby dolls, a lot of pink going on with the girls there in the house. No, it's great. She wants dinosaurs. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So we're. We're hold, I'm, I'm holding off the girly stuff. Now, she has some babies that she messes with, uh, baby dolls and stuff. So it's not like, you know, super tomboy, but she's not uh, – I don't have to wear the tiara and do tea parties all the time. I can do uh, – we can do some cool stuff every now and then. Good stuff. Brian North joining us today on the program as uh, we wrap up the, the sports year. And, Brian, uh, kind of uh, some interesting times here in sports, uh, and sports a reflection of life and – uh, apparently covid's back brian i don't know if you've heard uh the nhl shutting down you've got nfl games coming up tonight due to games being postponed on the weekend washington philly rams taking on the seahawks as week 15 will never end so starting to see this it looks like the nba you're starting to hear more and more that they're going to play through christmas and potentially take a break and, and try to, to get everybody back on the court so uh we're uh we're seeing this uh this real life stuff kind of intertwined with our sports here so what we're seeing is COVID back with COVID rules from last year before a lot of people were vaccinated. And so with the yeah. variant that's coming through Omicron, and all indications are, we did have the first death in Texas associated with it, but all indications are it may not be as severe and it may actually push out the more severe Delta variant. But what I think you're going to see here is, is it's very contagious and you're going to get a lot of people who have it, but I don't know if it'll be quite as serious when it comes to people's health. And I think you're going to see sports leagues adjusting, and they are already. The NFL kind of did a NASCAR, right? Just adjusted on the fly. Correct. So there, because now you have vaccinated players who are testing positive or asymptomatic, basically you're having people dealing with the common cold now. And, and I'm being a little flippant and a little uh, 
you know, simplistic with this, but essentially you're having people who are not having problems, but yet you're applying pandemic initial COVID rules to it when I don't know if that needs to happen anymore. If you notice these leagues, the first thing that you they should have done if they really cared was to cut fans out, right, and go back to not having fans, but you notice they didn't do that, right? Because uh, there's money involved and there's all sorts of things going on there. But they still have their player and coach protocols in. I think you'll see those change to adapt to going from a pandemic to an endemic, treating, treating it more like the flu than essentially a virus that is uh, uh, keeping everybody hostage. So look for the leagues to kind of adjust their policies to fit, because I keep going back to this. Show me the evidence and show me what's happened there. How many people, how many of these professional athletes who have had COVID or tested positive have ended up in the hospital and are, or in a really bad way? I mean, you can count a few, which some people say that's too many, but I've said all along, you have to adjust and you have to keep life going here. So if you're having these athletes not have as many issues with it or have problems with it, then you have to adjust and move on. And with this really contagious Omicron variant, which again doesn't seem to be as serious, especially for the vaccinated, well, then I think you have to adjust because otherwise you're stopping games for no real reason outside of somebody's got the sniff. Brian, uh, we've seen this trickle down to college basketball. Some games have been moved around, postponed. Other games have been added. That North Carolina-Kentucky game kind of made on the fly when their opponents were unable to play on Saturday. Uh, probably, unfortunately, for North Carolina, I guess, Kentucky blew them out. But have you seen this uh, as it trickled down to high school sports? How's the basketball seasons going right now in, in high school across the East? So ignorance is bliss, and we know they don't test at the high school level, so – it has not trickled down right. because we're still seeing tournaments. Now, until you get people who go and get tested, and then, of course, you have to go follow the current the, calls that are in place. With the contact right. stuff, that's when, right. yeah. Right, and that's where you get into trouble with these things. But, again, we haven't seen or heard anybody who has become seriously ill from this. Now, the Omicron's still pretty new. And so we're going to see – we still have to kind of wait and see. But if you notice, they're not talking about the severity of the symptoms so far with this. And so we're kind of – it's a wait-and-see thing, but with the high schools, they don't have enough funding to go and test every day like the colleges and pros do. And that's where the colleges and pros are starting to find these guys who are getting the breakthrough cases and, again, being asymptomatic most of the time. So the high schools, I think you'll see them mask up again probably for basketball when they're indoors because of the, the spread that will be happening. But until somebody says shut it on down because there's a, a serious health risk to those who are participating – you know, I think they'll just ignorance is bliss. will just keep playing, and it's it it is what it is. Now, I, again, I'm not I'm not trying to be simplistic. I want people to stay safe on this, but I think you just have to look and react to what is actually happening, not react to the policies we had in place a year ago when we didn't have the vaccines and we didn't understand the disease as well as we do now. Brian, uh, the losing has become contagious in Charlotte for the Carolina Panthers, uh, four in a row. Uh, five out of six, they have gone two and nine since the three and zero start. And and Matt Rule, he's in one of those positions. You see this a lot where you you just start to hate a guy, and no matter what he does or says, you hate it. Like I, I don't know if Matt Rule can can win these fans back. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty tough times for the Panthers right now. You've got the the owner and David Tepper who. And then the Panthers have been very aggressive in making trades and trying to win now, uh, despite uncertainty of the quarterback position. Uh, and they, they kind of whiffed on, I guess, Teddy Bridgewater last year, whiffed on Sam Darnold. This year, whiffed on a Cam Newton return. That has not gone well. So right now, everything they're trying hasn't worked. But Tepper and Fitterer in the front office seem to be 
I don't know if it's a panic button, but but they're they're not. It doesn't seem like there's a, a plan, a long term plan there in Carolina. So, in your opinion, where does does Matt Rule fit into this? Does he get another shot heading into 2022, or are his days numbered there in Charlotte? So you hit the nail right on the head. It just kind of seems like they're throwing stuff against the wall. I'm going to tell you that what's the one name you didn't mention in, in the Holy Trinity of the Panthers is David Tepper. And I, I think he has more to do with this than anything. I, you hear that he's the one who wanted Cam Newton back. He's the guy that's got the money who's just thrown out there trying to get stuff. It is really reminiscent to me of a Daniel Snyder slash Jerry Jones where the owner seems to want to be more involved in the decision-making than probably he should be. He wanted Cam Newton back, Brian, for ownership reasons, right? To sell some tickets, to get to get people excited about something. And it worked for about a week. I don't. Did he want him back for football reasons, you know? Well, and, and if I think if you go back and listen to your shows of that week when, when we were all asked about it, I said there, this is like when you get back with your ex-girlfriend, right? Everything's great for about a week, and then you start realizing why you broke up with <laughs> this person. We're seeing that with Cam, yeah. his inability to throw downfield, his accuracy issues. Now, look, he's put in a tough position of not being able to – he had to learn the playbook on the fly here. But that goes back to, okay, let's get back to Matt Rule now. Matt Rule was his plan good enough to – integrate cam newton into the offense well that that first week against arizona it was brilliant and then all of a sudden now you're firing your offensive coordinator because apparently it's not working right and you're still trying to get him to figure it out but he's not and so uh and 12 now in his last 12 starts as a starter for the carolina panthers and it's just it's the same old thing we're back to having that ex-girlfriend and all of a sudden we realize why we broke up the first time and now we've got to figure out how to get out of this relationship again and you've got Sam Darnold, the, the new girlfriend, coming back into the mix here. And you still got P.J. Walker, your old college girlfriend, in the mix here. <laughs> he's got way, he's got a lot of girl problems going on right now. <laughs> he's, he's got relationship issues. And, 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 that's what we're, and that's what we're seeing where it's coming out where, you know, you listen to all these players talk about their NFL head coaches. So what do they want from their coaches? They want guys who have a clue, who know how to communicate, know how to put their stars in the best position to succeed. And, and right now, Matt Rule is having trouble with that. And so if he's starting to lose that locker room, that could be an issue. But the whole wild card in this is David Tepper and what David Tepper yeah. He signed into a seven-year deal, I believe. And so we're in only year two. And I still like Matt Rule. I think he's honest. I just think he's having trouble taking command of his, uh, of his locker room and, and of his organization, right? When you give the head coach the reins, you've got to let him coach. And, uh, and sometimes I get the feeling that maybe he's not getting to coach the way he wants to with the influence of others. You know, Brown, when you got all that, that girl, you got your, like you said, the, the college girlfriend, the new girlfriend, the girlfriend you broke up with, when you got all that going on, you just got to split town. And maybe that's what he needs to do, <laughs> uh, get out of Charlotte. And, and we're talking about rule. There's been one coach fired in the NFL. It's Urban Meyer. We're talking about two great college coaches who once again, I mean, you look at the trends and you can throw out Harbaugh and Carroll and Jimmy Johnson. It is a very short list of guys that have been successful college coaches to have success in the NFL. If I'm Matt Rule, I'm, and, and it's too late now, I guess, but I'm looking back at the, uh, the the college vacancies when they come open, I guess, next year and, and try to get back into that. He was great at Temple. Uh, Baylor was a mess when he got there. He turned them into a quick winner, so... I don't know how long he wants to try to gut this thing out in the NFL, but but college may be his uh, best future path. Well, you get paid every two weeks or, or maybe in the NFL every game check. You know, that kind of convinces you to, to give it a <laughs> go and stick around when that thing hits the bank account. 
I, I had this this thought a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to wait till I came on your show to unveil it. But you know who Matt Rule reminds me of? He reminds me of Bill Herrian, the old ECU basketball coach, right? The gym rat who doesn't dress very well and came in thinking he was going to get one thing, and all of a sudden he gets another, right? Bill Herrian came in thinking he was going to be in the seat. All right, yeah. Then, yeah. then all of a sudden he got forced at the, uh, the Conference USA in that brutal league. Uh, so it's just it, a nice, honest guy who's just, you know, seems to be cool to hang out with, but then all of a sudden uh, the forces that be uh, that are above him kind of mess things up a little bit and make it look like a worse situation that they're creating when it's not they're doing. And I just kind of get that feeling with Matt Rule. I think he's a likable guy. Yeah. I just think at some point he's got to take control and say, look, if you're going to pay me to be the head coach, let me be the coach. If you're going to pay Scott Fitterer to get me talent, let him be the talent and just go worry about your soccer. You know, you, you seem to be uh, very heavily involved in getting a soccer franchise here. Don't mess with them. Leave the football side alone. Let's not bring back the ex-girlfriends in. Get it. They've had some good drafts. The defense still looks great, although some knocks against Matt Rule are their in-game adjustments and their halftime adjustments. And and so I, they need to work on some of those things, but I, I just think some of the, the, the personnel issues they're, they're providing them are not Matt Rule's fault. He's just given them and have, learning have to, how he's got to deal with it. But I think it's, I think it's more of a David Tepper issue learning how to be an owner. Yeah, and they got an issue that you brought up Snyder, uh, Washington. It seems like yeah, you can go back to the Robert Griffin the third Kirk Cousins stuff, but there are you know people in the fan base who are who are like almost Cam fans more than Panthers fans. Correct. And and that I I can't stand that. You know I I root for a team. I, I don't. Yep. I'm definitely not choosing sides between players. And when that happens, it just gets very, very toxic. And that's what's right now. Everybody's choosing Cam over Matt Rule can do no right. I mean, I said it when we started this conversation, and that's how the fans feel right now. So he's in a tough spot. And and, I, and, and when you watch Cam, I just, I just he's just not an accurate passer down the field. He, he gets his wide receivers killed. He's slow on some of the. The throws that he makes, look, he's a, he's a dynamic runner, and maybe if he were in this offense to start in in training camp, maybe he would be better. But I just, I think. Well, Tony Collins said, "Look, he's old. People get old. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's about over. It happens. <laughs> Move on." And, and he's never been, you know, guys who play well into their late thirties at the quarterback position have one thing that they they rely on, and that's arm strength and accuracy. Yeah. And those have not been Cam's strengths. He was a runner and a dual threat that would have to keep defenses honest for his runability, and that opened up his passing ability. But if you can't hit a wide-open receiver, you overthrow them, you you throw behind them. This is the issues that he's been having. He's never been able to fix it with his shoulder issues, and I don't think he's ever going to fix it. This goes back to the old girlfriend problems. You know, These are just problems that weren't ever going to get better, better no matter how long you stayed apart. And so while it was fun, while he had his role during Arizona, when he increased that role again, it just hasn't – been those same old problems they're passing down the field is i believe dead last in the league right now or, or right there near it with their ability to throw down the field and that has a lot to do with cam and and look sam Darnold was having his issues before but when they pulled the rug out from underneath him you know and on a couple of those games it just, just destroyed his confidence if you could take cam's confidence and put it in sam Darnold's ability you might have a decent quarterback but right now you're about over three with your quarterback yeah, Brian, I remember late 90s. I uh, loved the, the Kings team with uh, Weber, Vlade, um, 
They had Bobby Jackson, but Jason Williams, such an exciting point guard, used to do all this stuff. And they play the Jazz in the playoffs every year. So it was Stockton with the the nut hugger shorts, who was like forty years old, versus this young, fun Jason Williams guy. And I remember at the time saying, "How in the world is this Jason Williams guy going to play as long as John Stockton is, is uh, playing?" Because the just the styles and the flat, you know, and it just doesn't work out. It flames out. Uh, because you do have quarterbacks in their upper 30s and 40s played in the NFL, but obviously they are a very different style than Cam Newton. So just thought I'd throw in that old NBA analogy because the juxtaposition of Jason Williams uh, versus John Stockton was always <laughs> hilarious to me. And I still say to this day, John Stockton may be the one of the most underrated players in NBA history. You know he has by far more steals and assists than anybody in NBA history. All those flashy guys – John Stockton, more steals than any of them and more assists by far. Anybody, sometimes steady and boring gets it done. Yeah. I'll tell you, the Panthers would love to have steady and boring at the quarterback position. <laughs> Turn the ball over at this point. Yeah. And Brian still wears his Stockton shorts proudly around the house, I'm told. <laughs> Man, I was in that age when I played high school basketball. The, the long shorts became cool literally one year after I got <laughs> all my All my high school photos of basketball are in these short shorts. And, man, we were in the middle of nowhere. We didn't know any better. I still had the socks up to the knees until my senior year when I finally got cool and pulled them down. <laughs> style to my ankles. I got these old pictures of high socks and tight shorts, man. It's, yeah. Uh, Brian, I was at – so I was in A.G. Cox in the early – 90s midnight right around you remember north carolina the uh was it alexander julian was that the when they had the design on the side the diamonds and stuff yeah, on the yeah. side of the uniform yeah. so like my last year at cox our home uniforms were awesome we had the diamonds on the side the shorts were a little baggy uh but our road uniforms we didn't get no uh any new road unis so they were just like plain green, tight, short. So we had like at home, we felt we were prime time, man. We felt great. We'd go on the road and I uh, felt like I was playing on, on a peach basket. It was, it was crazy. But anyway, you know, it matters. And now, Brian, the tight shorts are back. The short shorts are back. So everything comes back. I'm so happy a couple of years ago, I saw kids rolling up the shorts and pull them up the thigh a little bit. I'm like, oh my. God, I'm gonna be back in style. <laughs> Look, if you stick with your same style, like I, I still go. Uh, well, I go cargos and polo pretty much every day. So uh, yeah. one day that's gonna be back, and I, I'm gonna be ready for it. So I said the same thing. I've kept all my old, old clothes. I wish I could fit into them, but I kept all my old clothes for that reason. It will be back in style, and my style has never changed. I'm with you, Flippy. I, my style is my style, and it'll be in every 30 years, apparently. So uh, that's cool. I can take it. Broken clock is right twice a day. I'll take it. North, before we let you go, Shirley, can we hit the music real quick? Let's get a little 40 bowls in 14 days in here for Brian North. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days, oh my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. Rock! 40 bowls! 14 days! 40 bowls, 14 days, 40 bowls, 14 days, 
40 bowls. 14 days. All right, Brian North. Your bowl game is the Las Vegas Bowl. This will be December 30th. December 30th is a Thursday, and uh, it'll be 10.30 on ESPN. Brian North will be sleeping during this game, uh-huh. so you can, uh, you'll can you know the results early the next morning, Brian. As uh, we've talked about coaches going from college to the pros, this uh, I didn't think this move would work, and I, I guess it has worked to this point. Herm Edwards uh, at Arizona State, 8-4. Uh, and four, the Sun Devils versus eight and four Wisconsin, so a pretty good matchup there in the Las Vegas Bowl. Brian, um, and and again, people make these picks; they have different ties or different reasons why. Yep. So, uh, Wisconsin, Arizona State, who you going with, and why? All right, first, let me go back. How is your song, your forty bowls in fourteen days? How is that not gone like platinum at this point? And how is every talk radio talk show station in the country not using that because that is brilliant gold? You. You need to get some money for that one. Yeah, well, we're uh, yeah. Help me out with that, Brian. You're you're good at these things, so help me market this I, thing better. I know all the words now. I sing along with it. So let me see what I can do. Let me get my thinking cap on. I'm, all right. For the Las Vegas Bowl, yes, I agree with you. Herm Edwards, I thought would be a colossal failure at Arizona State, but here's what Herm did. He set up the hierarchy and knew that he would get people in place to do the job and help him, so he wouldn't have to do it all himself. He's done a great job with that, and he's rebuilt that system there. Uh, Wisconsin has been interesting. They've been trying to find an identity, which is weird because they've always been a a run team. But uh, with coaching staff changes and and those things, um, they've been uh, Jekyll and Hyde, Heckle and Jide, whatever they are. Heckle and Jide. Heckle and Jide. So they've uh, they've had some identity issues. So being that it's in Las Vegas and it's going to be warm, so Wisconsin won't have the cold weather advantage, I will go with the Sun Devils. Love the reasoning there. Brian North taking Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. North, uh, appreciate your time, man. Have a very Merry Christmas with the uh, girls there in the North household. And uh, we'll check in with you next Monday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Talk pirate football one final time with you. Can't wait. Uh, Excited about uh, vacation and actually being able to watch the Military Bowl on Monday. And and so, uh, sorry we're not going to be there this year. But, um, yeah, super excited. Can't wait to talk to you Monday. North, we'll see you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Sounds good, Clippy. Brian North joining us on this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We will check in with him coming up during our program. We usually talk to North in the final hour of the Bud Light pregame tailgate, so we'll talk to him uh, probably around 2 o'clock next Monday as we get you ready for East Carolina Boston College. Good grief. Uh, About tired of talking about that one, but we'll do it more this show and tomorrow. And on our best ofs uh, leading up to Monday, where we'll preview it for four hours coming up on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. All right, Shirley Rhodes, let's open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest. That's right. We are down to three gifts. And all great gifts in their own right. $200 gift card to Factory Mattress. $100 gift card to Halo Hose. They got a lot of cool stuff there. And a $100 gift card from Shimmer. You can get the Shimmers, as Donald Juan said. So those are the three prizes left. Call right now, 317-1250, and you can be a winner. We'll find out who our winner is when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, uh, we have a major storyline that has followed us from last year and years past, and that is... uh, loyal listener p1 listener chad moore trying to win a prize in the treasure chest and just can't seem to do it uh he just uh called 50 times and guess what folks chad has won chad is our winner chad got through and chad will now win a prize but it is not chad moore it is chad brooks hello chad brooks hey what's up cliff how you doing doing great great to talk to a chad that's a winner uh, that's about the only thing i'm winning nowadays as a panther fan and an Orioles fan i'm not winning much else <laughs> wow so uh the other chad also an orioles fan so you guys are losers all right chad brooks uh let's hear more about you uh where are you calling from uh greenville all right and what do you do i am in the sales the beverage sales uh, okay yeah we've uh We've tweeted about beverages in the past, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Chad, are you going to the military bowl? I am not. I will be working. All right. Somebody's got to work. I, I'm doing the same. Uh, let's see. CJ, Shirley, y'all can jump in if you have any questions. CJ, you got one? No, nah, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Hot dog, sandwich, yes or no? No interesting I, I have no strong opinions i just like to hear what other people say about it i would say it's not because it a sandwich has two pieces of bread one on top one on the bottom right yeah. that makes sense yeah. yeah all right uh chad what uh what's your favorite christmas movie um maybe four christmases think outside the box a little bit I've so is that uh is that like vince vaughn or something or yeah vince vaughn and I don't know if I've ever seen it. I've never seen that. Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, Tim McGraw. Hmm. Also wow. starring. All right. All right. Uh, maybe I'll have to check that one out. I don't I don't remember that one. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Um, Robert L. King's Merry Christmas from the Family. Okay. Uh, do you want Matt Rule to be the Panthers coach next season? No okay um i think i'm about out of questions so uh let's run through the list chad we're down to three prizes all of them great a 200 dollars gift card to factory mattress a 100 dollars gift card to halo homes and a 100 dollars gift card to shimmer so out of those three which one would you prefer my wife would love that shimmer gift card yeah all right, well, let's see if we can make Chad's wife happy. No, 
comment or joke about that. Shirley, open it up. I was waiting for you to actually physically open it. That's why I wasn't playing it yet. It, it is open. And guess what? We're, we're going to make Chad's wife happy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because Chad has just won a $100 gift card to Shimmer Boutique. Hallelujah. Happy wife, happy life, Chad. That's right. I appreciate it, guys. Although, if you're feeling a little selfish, they got Hey Dudes, they got Billwin Broken Gear, they got cool hats. A lot of great stuff. Stuff for the dudes as well. So, if you're feeling selfish, you can uh, take care of yourself, number one. Cool. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Chad's ready to go. Bye. Girl, bye. Merry Christmas. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. All right. They ain't got time for us. Just win the prize and move along, or yes? <laughs> I guess I got so. other things to do today, Clip. Leave me alone. Stop asking me questions. Stop giving me so much. Stop entertaining me. Stop making me laugh. Stop making my life better. I don't want $100. Keep your money. Damn. Grinch. <laughs> wow. Can we take a prize back? Do I, d- I don't think we can. Judges, can we put this back in the chest? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Congratulations to Chad Brooks on the big win today. All right. Uh, John Moody also says we should watch Four Christmases. Four Christmases. Four Christmas, mm, as he calls them. All right, uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. When we return, we'll talk to the BMOC, Jeff Nadeau. Does he want any part of this meat-on-the-bone left in week 15 of the NFL? It has been an ugly week. I'm in the fantasy playoffs. I have not cracked 100 points yet. I got some guys tonight. My opponent has barely cracked 100. It has been a struggle. Just been some ugly football this week. And it'll probably continue on into tonight's matchups with a lot of COVID guys out, guys playing on Tuesday. Chad just tweeted and said, I got disconnected. No, we heard you talking. You were connected. You were talking to us, ready to go, Chad. Reluctantly, I have to give you this $100 gift card to Shimmer because that's the rules are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Jeff Nadeau joins us after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Well, listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Stephen Igo going to join us coming up 
at five o'clock we'll also open up the treasure chest one more time here on today's program we have two prizes left we have a two hundred dollar gift card to factory mattress and a one hundred dollar gift card to halo homes so some great prizes uh left as chad brooks just won the 100 dollars gift card from shimmer so we'll do one prize in uh hour three and our final prize will be given away wednesday in the five o'clock hour all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line see what's going on in the world of sports with the big man on campus jeff and they do jeff how you doing man i'm great how are you Cliff? doing great let's get to know the big man when it comes to christmas first uh jeff uh your favorite christmas movie uh home alone all right good call do you have a favorite christmas song no, I hate Christmas music. Okay. Can't stand it. <laughs> Can't stand Christmas music. I, 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 I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Uh, White Christmas. I think it's Bing Crosby. All right, the classics. That's fine. That's good. How about, Jeff, um, you have uh, Albanian heritage, correct? I do, yeah. What, uh, and then we talk about this for Thanksgiving and everything. You also are, of course, in the... Uh, in the the philly you know pennsylvania area so what is the traditional christmas goodies christmas food uh for you and the family well actually you know we um we don't really do much traditional things we usually on a christmas eve have a really good meal whether it's you know filet mignon prime rib whatever okay parmesan whatever uh on christmas day we don't uh we don't do the ham we're not big ham people we don't do pork or nothing but um we usually just kind of have like uh you know, finger food, appetizers, things like that. Nothing crazy, to be honest. I mean, we, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're more of like the big dinner on Christmas Eve, but it's like a really like good meal, like a meal you'd get like at a steakhouse or something. So, uh, I can dig it. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty traditional. All right, Jeff. Final Christmas-related question: What's uh, the best gift uh, you remember on Christmas Day as a kid? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, I got a uh, a quad, a four-wheeler one time. Oh, nice. I think I was maybe, I don't know, 13 or 14. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good gift. I I will say, my parents, man, I mean, I know a lot of people get good gifts, but my parents are always uh, very good at, at gifts. I'll tell you, actually, right now, Clip, I'm on my way to see my mother and father, and I got a, a message from my dad saying that he had, quote, to talk to me before, thanks, or before Christmas, uh, and that we need to speak to all the kids one by one. I don't know what this is about, but we'll see. All right. Well, I hope the sit down with Papa Nadeau coming up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next week's episode might be on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Uh, how's bowl season going so far for you? It's okay. I actually only have had. Uh, I only bet uh, one game actually. So was that the Western Kentucky you were telling us about, or something else? Well, I like that. I ended up the the big play I had was Utah State plus seven against uh, against. Um, Oregon State, they ended up winning the game outright. I actually have a uh, play tonight that I was on, and I'm on. I like uh, San Antonio against uh, San Diego State. I played the over, and I think a lot of people will be scared off just because it's San Diego State yeah. and their team that doesn't play into the 50s much. But, I don't know, UTSA, from a pace perspective, is fast. They're going to throw the football. I think you'd attack the secondary of San Diego State. I've had some success this year attacking them with good quarterbacks. Um I also feel like they're going to have to throw the football a little bit. I felt like it was like a 27-24 type of game. Um, yeah, I could be on the wrong side. This might only be 24-21 or something, but I ultimately like this one. I really like Army tomorrow as well. This one's been bet up uh, 
a bit. Army taking on Missouri uh, coming up tomorrow, six and a half. Uh, Army total at 55. Jeff, uh, we'll try to track you down next Monday if you're available. Uh, we will have our final edition, our bowl game edition of the Bud Light pregame tailgate, 1030 to 230. So we'll try to talk to you then, but just in case we can't get up with you, uh, final thoughts on East Carolina and Boston College. That line has settled at three, started three and a half, went to three, and has set there for a while, total at 51 and a half. Uh, any lean one way or the other here? Yeah, sports folks will look at this game as, as one that they'll be happy with. I think they're going to get action on both sides, which is what you want. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a discrepancy here of much. Look, I'm going to kind of just rock with, with East Carolina. And, 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 look, I've had a good read, as you know, over the years with them. But, you know, I feel like they play their best football late in the season. Um, I thought one thing I was impressed with them this year is that defensively they were much better. And they got better in the trenches. They were winning at the point of attack. They were running the football well. Holt Naylor's didn't have to do too much. Tina Johnson didn't have to do too much. Other people stepped up. I've always liked over the years at East Carolina, whether whoever was the coach, Ruffin McNeil, whoever, they've always had good receivers. You know, Justin Hardy, Zay Jones, C.J. Johnson, Sneed, I mean, uh, Prohl. They've always had good receivers. They are very good at getting good receivers. And you know, this year they haven't had to use them as much as they've had in years past. Uh, they've begun the, the backfield and, I think they get the job done here. I really do. I would take the money line. I wouldn't be involved with a spread here. If I like ECU, I would just play them plus 130 or whatever they are. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Great to see Zay Jones make an impact last night in uh, the NFL game as uh, he had some big catches for the Raiders, especially on the final drive as they kicked a field goal and beat the Browns. It was a ugly week 15, Jeff, and, and could get even uglier tonight. With all the COVID uh, going on, guys out. Garrett Gilbert starting for Washington against Philadelphia. That line has moved up to nine and a half total at 40 as that has come down. And then you got the Seahawks, Rams, Rams, a seven-point favorite over Seattle total, 46 and a half. Are you getting involved in any of this uh, ugly, muddy Week 15 NFL slate? You know, Cliff, I've lived in uh, this area, Philadelphia area, my whole life, and I never – once complained about it being cold but as i get older the prospect of going somewhere warm becomes more and more enticing to me you know i'm not going to the game tonight i've been to every home game this year i'm not going tonight because to be honest man it's like 18 degrees here it's cold i, I don't want to go out um i, I and fr- quite frankly I, I don't think it's gonna be a good game to watch i actually played uh goddard over 45 and a half receiving yards i've been in on this recently he's been very good he is the best option for the Philadelphia Eagles right now, and he has been a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. I think he's starting to become one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Uh, there's no more Zach Ertz. Um, this team doesn't have much target to throw to outside of Devontae Smith. And whether it's Gardner Minshew or uh, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard has been a focal point of this offense. I think he uh, takes care of a bad defense, as you know, on one side. And uh, I was going to ask, look, Jeff, I think it's supposed to be Hurts tonight, right? Does he have a good connection with uh, Goddard? Yeah, he has good connections with, with Goddard and with or with uh, Minshew and Hurts. He's very okay. good with Minshew. I think he had the he had a hundred yards in the first two drives against the Jets. Which um, tonight, as you know, I mean, there's a lot of issues in that secondary for the, the Redskins, and they're not good to begin with. So yeah, I, listen, the numbers been bet up, bet up, bet up. I'm starting. You just maybe take a shot with Garrett Gilbert and say, you know what? Um, the last time the Eagles played on a Tuesday against a backup third string quarterback, it was Joe Webb. For Minnesota in 2010. Oh, yeah. Game 24 14. So, um, 
not not good. Uh, and that was in Philadelphia, I remember. So, yeah, look, numbers got bet up significantly. I'll tell you what I do tonight. I would take the Eagles minus two and a half in a teaser, and I take Army to a pick them tomorrow against Missouri. That's what I would. Do. I somehow I don't know, maybe a weird gut, maybe indigestion. I think Rivera mugs it up somehow and keeps it under the nine and a half. Some I don't somehow some way we'll see. Maybe a close ugly game tonight. The NFL club. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles aren't exactly uh, the, the the Chiefs or the the Rams offensively. Jeff Nadeau joining us, Jeff. Uh, let's talk. Uh, by the way, quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. Wyoming, long touchdown pass. They lead Kent State 20-17 to 17, uh, as they are playing. It looks like they're going to review this. Might be a little short of the goal line. So, Wyoming trying to get a score here late in the first half. We'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, Jeff, how about college basketball? East Carolina already won today. It was an ugly one-point win over Southern Miss. Saw Pitt beat Jacksonville earlier today in college basketball. Xavier Nova uh, coming up tonight. I didn't even really looked at the slate. That's a good one tonight uh, with uh, Nova, a five-and-a-half point favorite over Xavier. Uh, anything in college basketball tonight you're looking at? You know, it's interesting. I actually would, you know, that's a game that, that I think is fascinating. You have a, a team at Villanova that's lost two in a row by 20 or more. Not something you see much in the Jay Wright era. They can't hit water in a boat right now offensively. And you look at tonight, they're facing a team that's 11-1. and one. Their only loss is to Iowa State, an undefeated team. And they come in in this game um, as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Someone's telling you something here, Cliff. I think Villanova wins by double digits. I've been kind of on the money with these games just don't make a whole lot of sense i'll admit though the college card tonight a lot of bark not a lot of bust bluster um i think it's a decent looking card but when you really look at it i don't know if there's a ton of bettable real good opportunities um this might be one of them i'm off my worst night in college basketball this year last night um this is a week where it is very volatile okay tomorrow's the last day where we have a big card and then we're off for four or five days so um you know be careful Clip, I got to say two things. First of all, East Carolina, that's, you know, a good, it's a win, but you beat Southern Miss by one. Not, not ideal. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as you, I, I'm kind of pissed off at you, to be real honest. Uh, okay. I, I contacted you about the sausage balls, and I didn't even get a response. All right. So, Sunday night, you can't respond. Sunday night, first time ever. Uh, I, I never even cook in general, but the first time I ever made sausage balls. I'm a bit overwhelmed, Jeff, and I did see your tweet about sending you some, but I, I'm just worried about like perfecting them right now. I don't know about how they travel. What do I do? Do I have to freeze them? Like, I don't know, man. I I, I did see your tweet. I plan on getting back with you, but I'm a little overwhelmed right now. The kitchen's backed up. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm gonna guess that that might be a new business venture. For you. <laughs> uh, like I said, you might be the next Emerald or, or Bobby Fly or something. Well, I'm going to send it, send them out to influencers like yourself so you can try them and tell people how good they are so I can get this thing rolling, you know? I mean, you got a great name, Brock's Balls. I mean, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. it's. Uh, I got to admit, uh, Shirley Rhodes was a, with a terrific tweet. She's an <laughs> underrated tweeter, by the way. <laughs> sure. Shirley Rhodes coming in as an underrated tweeter of 2021, folks, according to the big man on she, campus. That was funny. Yeah. She, uh... <laughs> you made me laugh. That's good. Hey, anytime we get a chuckle out of the big man, that's a good thing. He's got the. Uh, I'm one of the kings of Twitter, so I, I giving out uh, uh, you know awards. Uh, Shirley Rhodes could be in the running for best tweet of 
of the final two weeks of the year. Good. It's award season. We're giving away our awards, and surely you're uh, you're a candidate. So good luck winning that. Uh, Jeff, good stuff, man. Hey, thanks for uh, for joining us all year long. We really enjoy it. Uh, we've talked through uh, some pretty tough times too. And look, now the the COVID stuff's coming up again, but I don't think it'll ever be as bad as it was, you know, last year when there was nothing going on. So we uh, appreciate the times when there's not a lot to talk about, and when we got a ton to talk about. And you're uh, you're somehow you up there in Philly have become a part of uh, what we do here at Pirate Radio. So we enjoy it, man. No, I love Pirate Radio. I I, I have to get down there. I, it's it's not easy, but I'll, I'll do it eventually. I will say, Clip, I have to ask, and I thank all of you guys. You guys are great. I love talking to you and all the people. I have to ask, like, the guys that and the girls that tried the, the, the saucer boats, were they just trying to be nice to you? Did they actually like them? Or I mean... I'll be real. That's an odd... That's not something that I feel like would be good. I mean, here up where we live, like, the only time you eat sausage would be, like, for breakfast or... Like, one of the great sandwiches on earth during a summer day with a cold beer is a sausage and peppers. You know, yeah. a nice, long, and high roll. Um, but at a, a ball, that didn't sound enticing. So, I'll, I mean, it's Bisquick. It's, it's, uh, I use sharp cheddar cheese. I use mild sausage. I put some hot pepper flakes in there to try to give it a little something. So, that's all it is. Uh, but I'll let them answer. Surely, you've never had one before. I have never had a sausage ball before. But I have to say, I did not gag. I did not vomit. So <laughs> at this point, I have to say that it was a pretty good sausage ball. CJ, how about you? Also, your first time. I had also never had one either. But given that it was my first time trying one, I didn't really have anything to compare it to. But I did think it was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go, Jeff. Is that like a delicacy there or what? No, it is a it's a holiday like you're at a gathering you'll see like a plate of sausage balls. Yeah, during the holidays or maybe at a wedding. Yeah. It's work is like I've an appetizer. Appetizer. Yeah, like an appetizer, thing. yeah. Good for like a Sunday afternoon, like football's on, go grab a few. Go back in the yeah, second half, like grab a, It's like a sausage a pigs in a blanket or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. It sounds uh, it sounds interesting. Maybe, All right. Maybe if I ever come down there, clip you have to make. Them. Yeah, or if I can figure out the transportation, uh, how we'll get them to you. Uh, maybe we'll we'll get them up there. Exert yourself. Don't, don't go crazy. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a busy man. Uh, Jeff, enjoyed it, dude. We'll uh we'll try to check in with you Monday. See if you're available for a few minutes. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you so much. You too, buddy. There's uh, Jeff Nadu joining us, the big man on campus. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Nadu, Patreon.com slash BMOC, and also the Sit Down Podcast. Download it and uh, check that out right now. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors with a U, will join us. And a quick uh, Buccaneer scoreboard update. Uh, the ECU women are pouring it on with just a minute and 12 left in the game. They are up over Maryland Eastern Shore, 82 to 53. Yikes. We will uh, we'll take a doubleheader sweep from our basketball teams. I'll take it all day long. And I I think that's Deja Green. That's, uh, she hit, I think that was Deja. I, I got to get a closer look at the number. But, uh, there was a pirate that hit, I think, back-to-back-to-back threes to uh, extend that scoring streak. It's like deja vu mm-hmm. with the Pirates winning two games today. Oh. Yeah. Well done, sir. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. 
Hour three on tab. We'll open up the treasure chest once again. All of it is ahead. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of the local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. We will open up the treasure chest once again coming up in about 20 minutes or so. But right now, we will head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors. He joins us today on the show. Hello, Stephen. Clip, how's it going? It's going good. I was hoping to have you in studio today. I was going to do a big um, 2021 award show. but And then we'll do a little bit of it over the phone. But you got some other duties to take care of today? Yes, the wife's 31st birthday, so we uh, we had dinner plans at a place downtown. Unfortunately, COVID ended up shutting down the restaurant, Oh no! a neighboring restaurant. So now we're just doing uh, takeout um, from our good friends at Chico's. So I'm actually on the way to you guys right now to pick up Chico's. But, All right. Um, Beep the horn when you ride by. Yeah, I will. I will. But, uh, you know. Crappy day for weather, crappy day for uh, for that, but, you know, still having a good time. Not a uh, – we'll get to uh, to basketball in a moment, but a, a few uh, a few categories. My first bit was going to be I was going to have Igo here sitting right here to my left, and we were going to do the award for the show of the year on Pirate Radio, and the nominees were going to be Pirate Radio Live, Brian Bailey Show, um, I don't know, throw out some other shows, but – Pirate Radio Live was going to be the winner, and then me and Shirley and Chandler and CJ were all going to huddle around this microphone and say thank you just to see your reaction because you would have hated it. Uh, I mean, if you would have told me this was your idea, I would have found a way to make it to you. I mean, look, you got a big day. I'm not going to get in the way of your family stuff. Erica doesn't like me already because I I fired shots at hairdressers across the world. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, point of no return for you to. Um, but no, it's man, December is you know, my mom's birthday is the thirteenth, Erica's birthday is twenty first. You got Christmas. Yeah. You got now you got a bowl game, you got signing day. I mean, December for me is like the month uh, it, it, it's great, but it's also like the month of hell in terms of just like nonstop stuff I gotta do. So I, I'm trying to get to twenty twenty two. How tricky is the December birthday for Erica and Christmas? I mean, you do you have to treat it like it's two separate events, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's miserable, and she'll be the first to tell you that it's miserable because uh, she's caught the short side of it many times. And yeah, I do my best to separate them, and for the most part, I think I've succeeded. And you know, I, I try to obviously make it a special day, and and not. I, 
Yeah, I learned very early to not wrap her Christmas or her birthday present in Christmas uh, <laughs> wrapping paper. Wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I wish I was around for some of those conversations. Uh, that, that was probably fun. All right, Stephen. Let's do. Uh, we'll talk hoops. We'll talk uh, bowl game. But a, a few. Uh, let's give out a few awards. Let's do um, East Carolina MVA, Most Valuable Athlete. And this, we're gonna just make people mad. All these awards make people mad because we're gonna leave out people. But I came up with for the twenty twenty one Connor Norby. And boy, poor Thomas Francisco. I think I'm going to leave him out. Connor Norby, Gavin Williams, Keaton Mitchell, Jaquan McMillan. There, that's my four. Who did I leave out? And who's the uh, athlete of the year? I mean, that's the that's the Mount Rushmore right there for sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think you can really throw anybody else. In there, I mean, you, you can, might make an argument for Holden Aylers the way he played down the stretch. But Aylers, maybe a Tristan Newton? Yeah, Tristan Newton, the way he's played and finished last year. But he, he didn't have the greatest sophomore year. Uh, if Jaden would have stayed, he would have been up there. Yeah. Um, you know, the basketball thing always throws me off because, like, the season extends into two different years. Right. So, um, that's tough. You know, football with the resurgence. It's the most important sport. I feel like you have to pick a football player. First 1,000-yard rushing season since 13? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Keaton Mitchell. I mean, he was uh, he was a game-changer. You know, you take Ke- you can say you take Keaton Mitchell or Joe Kwame going away and you probably aren't going to a bowl game for sure. But I'll go Keaton Mitchell because he touches the ball more. But Jaquan's up there. And then, and then, I mean, the baseball front, they're a team getting to the – you know, to the final 16 in the country. So you can make a fair argument in terms of they're the more prominent program on a national stage. But I still think you got to go football. And given the importance of the sport, I'm going to go Keith Mitchell. All right, we need to do some kind of, uh, we'll call it like the Pirate Award or something. But And you'll understand what I mean when I say the nominees. It'll be like uh, Matt Bridges, uh, Cam Colmore, uh, like Warren Saber, Bruce Bivens, J.J. Miles, just like elder statesmen who are kind of glue, who kind of hold things together. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if we have to award just one, but they should be recognized as a group, I think. Yeah, I think all those guys have had their, their moments. Um, definitely all worthy of recognition. If I have to choose one, for me, it's, it's Matt Bridges. He... He was dominant and picked up the save in the only super regional win in program history. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, to me, as a true freshman, then he goes, he blows out his elbow, um, comes back, comes back for a sixth year. Like, I mean, he's just, the, the you know, all those guys have awesome stories. But Matt Bridges, given that he pitched and closed out the biggest win in program history and arguably one of the biggest wins in ECU athletics history of any sport. I think he's got to take that honor given the career he had and the achievements he had. And he closed out the, uh, the regional this past year as well to send ECU to, uh, to Vanderbilt. 
I was going to do a freshman of the year, but maybe it should be newcomer of the year. And this one still gets tricky for me, Igo. You'll have to help me out. But, like, um, from a baseball standpoint, did Wisenhunt and Moylan play in the short 2020 season? Yeah, they both. Yeah, they were here. So, uh, Excuse me. Uh, Moylan, Moylan was a true freshman this past season. Wisenhunt okay. was a second-year freshman. He pitched, I think, a third of an inning if that, in uh, 2020. Right, so they both kind of fit, but Moylan especially fits the criteria for, you know, first year here. Because I wanted to throw Ryan Jones in there, maybe a Tegan Wilk. Uh, and, heck, I, I'm, I'm, we want to see a lot more, but I really like uh, Brandon Johnson, R.J. Felton, but I don't know if they've done enough to, to win an award yet. But how about, like, um, first-year Pirates? Who, who did I leave out? Who is Who stands out as the best this year? Those, you know, that's a good one. Um, you know, Tegan actually, he's in the similar boat that uh, that Wisenhunt was in. He actually played some in twenty twenty. Oh, okay. He was a second year freshman this year, but I, I think Ryan Jones has to take that honor. You know, you can make a case. DJ Ford played a pretty big role. Yeah. As a first year guy from North Carolina, um, there were some other pitchers and players on the baseball team that stepped up in their first years, but Ryan Jones, I mean the the second half of the season he had, he was probably one of the top tight ends in the league outside of the guys in Cincinnati. So I feel like Jones, I mean, he led the team in receiving touchdowns. Uh, I believe it was a guy named Flip Brock who said that tight ends wouldn't have 15 catches combined all year. And uh, I think Ryan Jones finished with how many? And how many yards? So I'm going to go Jones. Okay. Thanks for uh, putting that one back on me. It's called, uh, it's called a reverse jinx, Stephen. What are you, 12? You don't understand these things? That's why I say stuff oh, yeah. like that. That's why you tweeted at me after like. <laughs> you came at me first, didn't you? I did. Okay. Well, what do you want me to do? Not respond? I mean, just admit you got one wrong. <laughs> I got it wrong. I was way off. I'm happy about it. Thank you for finally breaking the tight end drought. Sick of talking about Bryce Williams. Bryce will join us tomorrow at five, by the way. Uh, Mike P points out we left somebody out he says the freshman of the year is owen daffer onside versus marshall game winner against navy big part of the memphis win i go we overlooked owen daffer admit you were wrong owen daffer redshirted last year so he's a second year player wait 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 but did he play he didn't kick though oh he's not a newcomer if he's with the program last year did you think about him during our discussion? Be honest. Are you you just oh, because okay because he's it was the newcomer of the year award. To see that is first year player. All right, I go with the technicality there, Mike. Take that. I go uh, a little feisty here with all th- everything going on. I like it. All right. Um, what else, Stephen? Anything? I was thinking about doing our own Broyles award so we can give uh, one to Blake Harrell, or would it be okay. Jeff Palumbo? Say what? <laughs> I was going to say coach of the year. It's got to be Houston, though, right? Yeah, if you go coach of the year. Does Cliff Godwin listen to this show? Cliff Godwin's probably text me right now. <laughs> reminding me who. This could be really bad. Um, But, no, uh, no. I mean, obviously Cliff Godwin. It's about expectations. You look at NBA coach of the year and the champion, you know, it's – or NFL. It's whoever was predicted somewhere and finishes above that – Cliff Godwin made his own bed by being so successful. 
that it's hard to give him coach of the year because we expect him to be so damn good every year. So it's one of those things. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you could do it, you would give out co-coaches of the year. But I know that you're not a fan of that, so I'm going to give it to Mike Houston. If I had to give it to an assistant coach, you know, I'd give it to uh, Blake Harrell for yeah. the same reasons. Like, Colombo does an incredible job. Honorable mention, though, to Steve Ellis, the cornerbacks coach. I feel like ever since he's come into the program, the corners have just been taking their game to another level. Uh, Jaquan McMillan gets a lot of pub, but Malik Flemons really been good, too. Um, consistently the past year and a half, two years. So I think I think Coach Ellis is one of the best in the business. Uh, how about the um, how about the biggest uh, miss I go baseball, basketball, football? Who was the pirate that you thought was going to be here playing for one of these teams that's not here this year? Who stands out? Mm, like recruiting? Yeah, yes. yeah. Not really a, Gar- a Jaden Gardner situation, but like a man we could have used that guy uh that's a good one i have to rack my brain um just because there are so many transfers and recruiting targets that end up not making it yeah by the way while you think about it uh, i like your article on hoist the colors about ecu players that transferred and how they fared in 2021 folks can check that out if you're interested i feel good for uh darius Penix. he had a, a good year yeah, all those guys, it's amazing how many of them got hurt, which is just more bad luck than anything. But can I go uh, Winston Tavs? Oh, yeah. No, that's a great one. But not having him available to play, I feel like, is, is a major blow to the basketball team. And, and, again, we talk about it. Yeah, there was a risk in taking him because of the, the history of injuries, but now he injures his other knee, mm. uh, according to Coach Dooley's comment. So it's like, what are the odds of that? And, you know, it's just – if you have him with, with the way this team's playing right now, I feel like you have a legitimate chance to finish in the top half of the American as he's at 14, 13, 14 points a game score. That's such a difference, and it just hurts to miss him for the entire year. Yeah, no, nah, that's a good call, and that is very timely. That stinks. Uh, East Carolina did pick up a win today in basketball. Stephen Pirates were double-digit favorites and had to eke it out by one point. Kind of a reverse from what they've been doing. They've been having pretty good first halves and then uh, struggling in the second half. This time they had to come from behind to get the win uh, in um, regulation as that one went down to a a poorly attempted three-quarter court shot by Southern Miss. Uh, East Carolina missing a, a free throw, the front end of a one-and-one one down the stretch. But uh, Pirates get the win. Not a lot of people were super excited about it, but they finished the non-conference 9-3. and three. Yeah, and I'd have to go back and listen to our, our game-by-game picks, but I believe that this is about what we expected. From, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we had them either at 9-3 and three or 8-4. and four. Like I feel like this team is exactly who we thought they were. Uh, not to quote the uh, the late great Dennis Green, but uh, I just you know they have zero, if, and this is not a knock on the team, but if you look at it from a numbers and resume perspective, they have zero quality wins. You know, as you've mentioned, they've lost every game they've been underdogs in. They've won every game they've been favored in. They have no quality wins. They have not been upset. They are right there in the middle, Steve. They're just an average team, and. The good news is, I don't know if this is good or bad, the league seems kind of down. There are four teams in the American with a lower net in terms of actually, I guess, a higher net, but beyond, behind ECU in the net ranking. Can I guess them? Is it uh, 
Is it Temple? Yeah, I think Temple's below ECU. USF? Yes. Uh, is Tulane down there? Yes. And then Tulsa? I think Tulsa is the last one. I, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to double check. Yeah. I just looked at how many teams there were. But gotcha. Uh, there, are, uh, there are six ahead and four behind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be dogs in a lot of your conference games. Although the the conference slate gets off to a, a winnable start. Uh, Wichita State at home. But then, uh, I mentioned it earlier. Let me pull it up real quick. You've got, I know you got Tulane in that mix. So it's at South Florida versus Tulane at Temple. So your first four, you need to get it. You need to do what, Steven? Two and two there at least? Two and two minimum. Yeah. And I feel like every time we say that, they end up going like one and three or something. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally you go three and one because I don't remember when the stretch starts, but there is just an absolutely brutal stretch where they face like Memphis and Houston and Cincinnati. All right. So after Temple, at Cincinnati versus Memphis versus UCF, at Houston, at Memphis versus Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, that could very well be 0 and 6. Yeah. So need to win those. That's rough. All right, uh, John Moody says, sounds like Stephen Igo is in the mood for 40 bowls in 14 days. All right, well, Shirley, let's uh, hit the music real quick. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 bowls in 14 days, oh my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. Rock 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. All right, Stephen. While that was playing, I walked into the other room and I grabbed our sheets of uh, ECU basketball predictions. <laughs> uh, I had at this point in the season, East Carolina, let me double check, six. I had us eight and four. They are playing above my expectations, Stephen. Wow. Because I had them losing to Tim Kraft's Gardner Webb Bulldogs. Uh, you had them three, six. This is why I goes the basketball expert. You had them at nine and three. You did have them losing to Old Dominion here at home in the rematch. But to your credit, you had them beating Indiana State or Old Dominion in Myrtle Beach. So I just predicted a win in the third Myrtle Beach game. Yep. Uh the Davidson game. So nine and three, well done. I got them eight and four right here, and we both—I'll take it. We both have them beating Wichita State coming up uh, next and week. Sticking with it. I uh, don't know why, but uh, I hate that there won't be a home field advantage, home court advantage. Yeah, uh, but I'm still going to get. All right, I Let's pick one more uh, bowl game for you here. Let's go to the Fun Bowl, aka the Sun Bowl, and this is a weird matchup. <laughs> This is what's good about bowls, these weird, odd matchups you'll never see in the regular season. Uh, this is 1230 on CBS, and 
I don't know if I can even figure out the date on this thing. I believe it is on December 31st. That sounds about right. New Year's Eve. It will be 1230 on CBS, Sun Bowl Stadium, El Paso, Washington State versus Miami. Is this like the uh, the two schools furthest apart that could play a football game? Washington State versus Miami, both teams seven and five. Do you need a line, Stephen? Are you ready to make your pick? I need a line. All right, let's uh, see what the line of this game is going to be. Both teams seven and five. Washington State is a. One and a half point dog. It'll be Miami minus one and a half. So basically, close to a pick them here, Stephen. That's not going to help you one way or the other. I have zero faith in either team, but I definitely have zero faith in Miami going to El Paso <laughs> and playing a uh, playing a quality football game and a coaching transition. I, I think Washington State may be in the same boat. I don't know what exactly their coaching situation is. I know they had to get rid of a midseason. Um, don't really follow Washington State football, but I'm going to go with the Washington. I'm going to go with the Wazoo. All right. Wazoo to go down to the Sun Bowl and get it done. By the way, Flip, everybody might hate the intro to uh, 40 Bowls in 14 Days, but I actually love it. I'm probably the only person in, in Greenville who turns up my radio for that segment. Hell yeah, Stephen. Thank you, man. Uh, Glad to hear that. Brian North did enjoy it today. He likes it. A lot of people, Brian uh, Tony Bailey. Collins. Tony likes it. Brian Bailey does not like it. Mully doesn't like it. Mully doesn't like anything. I'm, I'm shocked there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're probably in the minority, Stephen, of people that like it. But it's fun. We got one more day of it after today. So, anyway. All right. Well, uh, check out hoistthecolors.net. We'll talk to you uh, Monday live from Annapolis, Saigo, hopefully. But uh, I don't know. Final thoughts on the military bowl. You like the Pirates' chances on Monday? Yeah, I do. I, I would like them more if all these rumors about multiple offensive linemen opting out come true. Like one of their writers who has like 400 followers on Twitter tweeted out basically that four of their starters are going to opt out from offensive line. Three of them are like NFL picks. So if that happens, I really like these huge chances. A lot of this, I feel like, I, I think Boston College probably has more talent, but watching some of their games, especially offensively, I don't think they utilize their scheme, or their, I don't think their scheme utilizes their offensive down extremely well and if they play that same way in the bowl i think it does kind of play an ecu style defensively so i, I expect a lower scoring game but i do think uh east carolina finds a way to pull out a uh a close victory all right sounds good uh tell erica i said happy birthday happy birthday erica tell um slater i said what's up, what's up? and uh have a merry christmas steven oh what's your favorite christmas movie Favorite Christmas movie? I hate Christmas movies. Um, wow. I mean, if I had to pick, I'd probably go Elf. Okay. Classic. Or uh, well, is it is it Santa Claus the one with Tim Allen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He turns into Santa Claus. Yep. That's a pretty good one. That is a good. Have one. you seen all three? I've seen the first two. Whichever one where it's like the fake Tim Allen. Yeah, that's number two. It's in the two or three. Yeah, yeah that one sucks. So, uh, first one. And I'm assuming you – do you have a favorite Christmas song? I'm going to say you don't. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Duh. 
Duh. All right. He does. I thought he was going to say, I hate Christmas music. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, everybody's favorite Christmas song. Hello. The greatest song of all time. All right, Steven, thanks, buddy. All right, see you guys. Later. See you. <laughs> why would, why do you say that so matter-of-factly? Like, <laughs> hey, idiot. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, ever uh, heard of it? Mary, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shiny Nose, Reindeer Games. Get with the program. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Did he do like a thing? I, I feel like he did. Did he do a Z Snap like, thing with that? No. Rudolph did, the Red Nosed Reindeer. What he are you did, talking you about? You know he did the hair flip. Yeah, he flipped. The, like, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I mean, I mean, <laughs> as if. All right. Do the share flip. You know I mean, you know just, Donner and Dasher and like all the other reindeer. Who knew? But like, do you recall? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most like the famous right there. I mean, really, of them all, I like it's crazy. All right, like hello. Let us now open up the treasure chest one more time today. We are down to two prizes, folks. That's right, two prizes. Two more chances for Chad. Chad. Four. I asked. I was on a hiatus the last hour. I asked Shirley <laughs> Rhodes. Wait, where, the, are you, where have you been? I had to go visit a client. All right. Serious stuff. You were on a one-hour hiatus. Yeah, so... Sabbatical. I asked Shirley who was our winner, and she said, Chad, and I said, what? But it wasn't Chad Moore. It was Chad Brooks. Chad Brooks. Congratulations. Let's see if it could be Chad Moore now. All right, 317-1250. Call now. Caller 12 is a winner. We will find out who our winner is and what you have won when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com. To find the location near you. And a quick Buccaneer scoreboard update for you. Uh, the ECU women uh, pick up their second win in a row as they defeated Maryland Eastern Shore by a final of 85 to 57. That is your scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. And Christmas is upon us. And in honor of the holidays, the Buck has a special Christmas night planned. The Eli Craig Band will start at 10 o'clock and ladies get in free. The Buck will also have an ugly Christmas sweater contest. You can wear that tacky sweater. And the winner gets two tickets to their huge New Year's Eve bash, which features Mikhail Buck and Cooper Greer. You can come drink, be merry, and wear your favorite Christmas sweater, ugly or not, on December 25th. And, of course, the Buck is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. You can follow the Buck on social media for the latest news and updates. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. Da Buck. Da Buck. Shout out to uh, Kim McNeil and Joe Dooley, basketball coaches, both picking up a win today at home. That is the last uh, conference game, uh, non-conference game, obviously, for Joe Dooley's Pirates. For the women, let's see what they got. 
on the horizon. They are done. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the last one before the first of the yeah. year. They'll be at it on New Year's Day, January 1st at SMU on the road. So there you go. All right, we open up the treasure chest. We have two prizes left in the chest, and we have two more winners to make. We'll do one coming up Wednesday in the 5 o'clock hour when uh, Bryce Williams joins us, and we will do one right about now. As on the Pirate Radio Live line, John Matthews was caller 12. He is hanging on. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going? Going great, man. Uh, is this your first time winning the treasure chest? Yes, it is, after years of trying. Congratulations. Right. We had a first-timer here on the line with us. Where are you calling from, John? Uh, Winterville. All right. And what do you do? I work for ECU, actually. Okay. Great. What do you, uh, what do, you do over there? Uh, super top secret. I can't tell you. Ooh, oh, interesting. All right. John Matthews, our winner. John, uh, let's, let's get the Christmas questions out of the way. What, uh, is your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Bad Santa. Hey, now we're talking. I hadn't heard that one yet. Bad Santa. That's, <laughs> That's a, a great good, answer. That's a good one. It's great. And Everyone's going with like the classic stuff. I like Bad he- Santa. Now that is one, and, and uh, I have not... I hadn't really watched a Christmas movie this December, so I need to get into that, and that is one that I do want to watch again. I hadn't seen it in a while. All right, how about, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Uh, not really. I, I think maybe uh, White Christmas right. is a classic. There you go. Uh, Chandler, Shirley, any questions for John Matthews? I think you too. Are, um, you're an ECU fan, right, John? Yes. Are you going to the military bowl? No, I won't be able to this year. Ah, okay. He's got some top secret work top going on. Top secret. Yeah. Shirley, you got any questions for John? No. John, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> uh, what time do you get off tonight? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> when this show ends. <laughs> John, are you part of the uh, football royalty Clay Matthews, Bruce Matthews family? Uh, I wish. <laughs> You're getting some nice Christmas gifts. Are you related to <laughs> frequent facebook commenter robert matthews uh no okay Uh, okay. that is all right uh former eagle ryan matthews no all right anyway moving on john uh we got two prizes left two hundred dollar gift card to factory mattress and a one hundred dollar gift card to halo homes uh so both great prizes uh any particular one you want here uh it really doesn't matter just Whichever one comes up. Yeah, we got uh, two good ones here to end it on. So now we will pick John's prize, and we will know what tomorrow's winner, Caller 12, will receive as well. But uh, let's find out first what John gets. Shirley, let's open up the treasure chest. Glad to report that there are indeed two uh, strips of paper left, so we did the math correct this year. All right, John, you are the winner of a $100 gift card to Halo Homes. They got a lot of cool stuff there, so check them out online, John, and uh, pick out something good. Congratulations, man. All right, thanks a lot. And uh, Jonathan will contact you and tell you how you can redeem your prize, so uh, he'll be getting in touch with you. Have a Merry Christmas, John, and keep up the good secret uh, work you're doing over there at ECU. All right. Just don't tell anybody, okay? Yeah, hey, don't worry about it. Just me and me and you talking here. 
<laughs> Have a good one. Later, guys. All right. Bye-bye. This is, uh, I wonder if there's some X-Files stuff going on over there, man. Uh, we might be a part of it, us being a, with the... I want to believe. You know, Pirate Illuminati. Yeah, I wonder if he's got, if, like, he is involved with Morgan Ehlers and the strings and everything going the on. Local politics. Local politics, bud. We got um, campus politics, bud. Some best ofs coming up Thursday, Friday. I'm gonna try to do all military bowl kind of lead up there. So we'll hear a lot of the interviews with Houston, Kirkpatrick, Harrell, the players, uh, Kevin Monroe from Jeff Charles Show, our, our BC people we've talked to, and we'll talk to Tyler Calvaruso uh, from BC. Get that perspective on Wednesday. Power of BC. Thank you. But at some point next week. I do have, uh, we got to reset those callers. We got to get the uh, Gary and Larry. Mm -hmm. But also, we're going to go way back to Seven Damn Gaps guy. Seven Damn Gaps. Joe? Was that We've got to go to Mike in South Carolina who wanted Mike Houston fired after a 7-5 season. Yeah, maybe we'll play that one again. He started too. his call with, I wonder if we can get Skip Holtz back. When are we going to, what did he say, start holding Mike Houston accountable? Yes. <laughs> and that we were nut riders. <laughs> oh man bunch of nut riders over here so we'll uh we'll recap some of the uh fifth quarter calls as part of our best stuff looking forward to that i want to hear joe again the seven damn gaps guy and sally's soup kitchen or something like that sally and soup kitchen yeah man that was good all right let's uh congratulations to john matthews we have one prize left and it is a 200 dollars gift card to factory mattress and whoever is caller 12 tomorrow in the 5 o'clock hour will win that prize. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I'll recap all of our winners so far when we return. And uh, we'll have more for you on this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The uh, Dow was up 560 points and closed at 35,492. NASDAQ was ahead 360. At 15,341, the S&P was ahead 81 points and closed at 4,649. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, they're on the blue turf in Idaho. And Wyoming has a 28-24 lead over Kent State, 646 left to go in the third quarter in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So a quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Pirates uh, win. Pirate women win earlier today. Two basketball victories on this Tuesday. Both of those teams off for a while now as they will prepare for conference play. It'll be December 29th. 
Menji's Coliseum, 7 o'clock against Wichita State for Dooley's Pirates for Kim McNeil's team. It'll be Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I'm sorry, the uh, December 1st. <laughs> Good grief. Sometimes I just need like a reset button. For Kim McNeil's Pirates, it'll be New Year's Day on the road against SMU. Way to go, buddy. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Way do to it. Go, hey, like, let's see if he can do it one more time. Do it. One more time. The ECU women's basketball team will be back in action coming up New Year's Day, January 1st, as I like to call it, against SMU, <laughs> who I like to call the Mustangs. Well done. Well he done. did so good. <laughs> yes, he did. He did so good. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, we got week 15 finally ending. Uh, week 16 begins in two nights. You've got to go home and watch a football game. i got to watch a football team play a football game. Play a football team in a football game. Garrett Gilbert is the starting quarterback for Washington. Just check the line. It is uh, still at 9.5. Plus 335 is the Washington football team. Keep jacking it up. It hasn't moved up in about an hour, but I would look to see. And week in and week at <laughs> – hour in and hour out in the next hour and a half <laughs> i uh Let's see how that where that line goes i love washington tonight plus the points why it's just gonna be Ra rivera in my mind i'm 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 seeing a gross game i'm seeing a lot of punts some turnovers so some you're taking field the, goals you're gonna take the under 46 and a half now that has gone up okay you're looking at the wrong game son oh sorry i was about to say uh the so you're going to take the under 40 points if yeah if i went one way or the other i would 17 13 final something like that i mean we watched a game the other night sunday night nine to nothing nine. saints and the buccaneers i didn't watch one second of that instead i watched jackie brown oh. for the first time ever and it was good can i give you a slight stat to consider absolutely for your football team yes if they were to win tonight yes they would be the first team in nfl history to win on a sunday monday tuesday and thursday in the same season <laughs> all right making history wow. but wait a minute that's not a slight stat to consider that is a major stat to consider well i was saying a slight stat to consider because They'd have to win in order to... Uh, a potential. A potential. A potential stat to consider. Yes. If that happens, make sure you bring it up uh, tomorrow, Shirley. Stat to consider. If I can remember. Yeah. Try to... Uh, I'm, I'm sure you could remember that, but uh, I can't. I'll have a lot of stats ready to go if we beat the... I, I, I expect a lot of maroon and gold when if they win. Hey, uh, Jim Zorn. We call it burgundy. Oh, burgundy and gold. Oh, God. Yeah. Maroon, burgundy, red. I don't know what it is. How about y'all take Maroon 5 and get the hell out of here? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. That earned it. You earned that one. And I can't wait, if the Washington football team does win tonight, to tell all of you Philly scum just how much of low-life losers you are. If Washington wins tonight. If they lose tonight, I won't have anything to say. So, Y'all are great people. Salt of the earth. Hope y'all have a Merry Christmas. Good bunch. But if Washington wins, I'm going to tell you how you're no different than the the mud 
that is lodged into those <laughs> divots on the bottom of my shoe. Good Lord. But again, if they lose, like I hope y'all your families are doing well. Family Monday is going to be a great day for me because not only are we going to be watching, working all day, yeah, <laughs> while we're off watching the military bowl, but then Monday night it's the Dolphins and the Saints. Hmm. Monday night football, hmm. and y'all are hot. Six game winning streak, baby. Red hot. About a hot, hot, hot. And the Saints are struggling. Struggling. Where's that? Which at? is very disappointing because. I like Taysom Hill. I, I really do. Ew. I think he's fun to watch, but I... <laughs> must you do that? I'm sorry. No. It's, I had a bad lunch. <laughs> he mustn't. I, I like Taysom Hill. I think it's Hill. the sausage balls from yesterday. <laughs> uh, this one is in Nolans. Nolans. And the Saints are a three-point favorite. Yeah, screw that. And not a lot of uh, belief in the offenses. The total is 38 and a half for that game Monday night. But well, I don't know. I, I I say that you know they're not going to score a lot of points in this game. But then again, I expected a high scoring game with the Buccaneers the other night, and it was a freaking nine nothing game. So maybe that's why it's so low. These yeah. uh, people believing in the Saints' defense, but yeah, the Dolphins have uh, been on quite a run with the Patriots losing. They have the longest winning streak in football right now. So and when's the last time you heard that? Uh, probably since they had the. I Mar- was Marx an Brothers. infant. Yeah, way way back in the day, when Don Shula was on the sidelines. All right, uh, so we have another break. Yes, we have another break. Let's take it. We got a lot done that segment. We got a lot accomplished. Yeah, we did. And we'll accomplish even more when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Oh, this show has gone completely off the rails during the break. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Go to YouTube and search for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. The Bud Light pregame tailgating U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days as well. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on that subscribe button. Now let's head back to the show. Here's clip. I got a little bit of the senioritis, the Christmas-itis going on maybe. Hey, I got it. Yeah. I know I have it. But uh, Got a bad case of it. We have fun, and we're going to have more fun coming up on Wednesday at three o'clock our final edition of pirate radio live in uh 2021 and we are packed and stacked we got uh ronnie woodward what will make an appearance to recap our ecu football over unders that we did before oh the yeah season. that's right okay so we'll grade our papers and talk about that planning to hook up with jeff charles planning to hook up with tyler calvaruso from okay. boston college 24 7 former ecu tight end bryce williams troy d will be here we have a treasure chest we got a million 40 bowls in 14 days you know what we might have to carry this over to the bowl game to the uh pregame show i do not object yeah we might have to do that actually 
Um, so all that, more guests. We'll, we'll have a lot of fun coming up on Wednesday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. All right, Chan Man. Go Washington football team. Go team, baby. Let's go. Shirley Rhodes. Haystacks tomorrow. CJ Schaefer. Haystacks. It's Haystack Wednesday here at Pirate Radio. We will see you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.